Memphis, Tennessee. Tyre Nichols beating the death on video. And if you all remember a decade ago when I was talking to people, they were talking about, well, Jason, you know, we'll have dash cams. We'll have body cams. We can get dash cams, body cams, Jason. Get dash cams and body cams. Remember what I told you all? Yes, so now you can see yourself get killed in HD. Remember when I said that? And there's a lot to deal with here tonight, so I want to go ahead and cover this. A lot of folks out here are trying to rewrite history and get on the right side of it after all of these years of being on the wrong side of it. First and foremost, trying to get themselves right with the Lord is none other than Fox News. Fox News, boy, I'm telling you, they've been trying real hard to get themselves on the right side of this, and life has been tough for them in this regard. Once you hear what they said on Sean Hannity's program here, and as you can see, shades of Rodney King, shades of Rodney King, when you take a look at things like this, shades of Rodney King. I want you to hear what Hannity and friends had to say about this. Now, it's, it's the 17 minute thing. I'm only going to play about a minute of it because there's one part in particular here that really set me off when I heard it. All right, here with more is the host of the co-host of the five, Geraldo Rivera, and the host of Lawrence Jones Cross Country. LJ is with us and uh, Fox News contributor and former DC homicide detective Ted Williams. Uh, thank you all for being with us. LJ, um, let me start with you. You watch this tape, you see this tape, mm -hmm. and I know so many people in law enforcement, and I was looking for this five guys there against one young man. Mm -hmm. And obviously they have the advantage. They're pulling out their stun guns, they're pulling out pepper spray, they're, you know, they're they're mad, they're angry. At no time that I hear anyone say, sir, sir, everybody calm down. We're not gonna hurt you, we're not here to hurt you. We, but we do have to take you into custody. We really need your cooperation. Tone could mean everything. I, I heard nothing but anger, like real anger. And you see the physicality here. We're talking about five on one. I, that part, I'm... Boy, I'm telling you, old Sean has gotten real quiet and apologetic and real, real, real diplomatic about things. You don't ever hear him like this. You don't ever hear him like this at all. I wonder... What is it that's inspired this incredible change of tone, not from the police, but this change of tone from Fox News in particular here? I wonder what in the world is, has inspired this from them, because this is very much out of character. I'm having a hard time. That is not the policing that I believe officers are trained in. You know, Sean, First and foremost, that's not true. This is what American police officers are trained in. There is what is in the police training manual. And then more importantly, there's what they're trained to do on the streets. There's what they see is condoned, upheld, and promoted. So first and foremost, this is American police training. This is exactly what they train to do on the street. I'll explain why here shortly. Done this a lot. We, we, we review the facts, the evidence, and we don't rush the judgment, but you can't deny what you see on tape. And, that, and I'm not just talking for myself. I'm talking about 
the, the officers that I've been texting back and forth, Crip Shot when you brought me to the channel, I've been covering crime for a long time. So I, I know a lot of cops. Talk to them on a day-to-day basis. And they're all horrified. They want to whisper their condolences to the Nichols family. But Sean, there were several things in this video that just stood out to me. You come to the scene out of control, out of control. You disobey uh, police policy. You don't just roll up on a car like that. You don't know what the suspect could possibly have. You put yourself at risk, and then you slaughtered the suspect. You, you started to spray each other with, with the spray because you're not using it the right way. You use your taser the wrong way. You use your batons the wrong way. You didn't restrain the suspect the right way. I mean, that's just basic police protocol. And then I just can't get past the fact that you held the suspect up and you beat him, you took turns, you used your baton in the wrong way, and then I just can't help but be annoyed by the fact that they fist bump at the end. So there were many layers to this basic police protocol. Fist bumping at the end. Gang behavior. As I said, that's training. That is field training that's job well done field training that's the point i'm trying to make to you here was broken right here they were on a power trip and he didn't have to die that night he was crying out for his mom again they they have the right to defend themselves in the court of law but just from a tactic standpoint, basic police, police protocol so i started off when i was 16 year old as a police explorer i know protocol and they broke every rule in the book you know geraldo i you, lj's right he's crying for his mom at one point he's he's literally getting punched and kicked and pepper sprayed uh and tasered and you know there's five cops there they're supposed to be the trained professionals in, in a situation look he was obviously scared uh, obviously felt they were being overly aggressive from the, from the get-go and said so, hey, guys, there's a lot going on here. Early on, the, there was nobody there that tried to even defuse it. And then, you know, to watch this one cop just come walking in disgusted and just kick this kid in the head, not once, but twice. You know, a kick in the head kills people, Geraldo. Now, I could say a lot of things. But there is one thing in particular that caught my attention. Now, I can say so much, but there's one thing in particular that caught my attention. Protocol. Sean, I started off when I was 16 years old as a police explorer. I know protocol. Boy, he's, he's literally getting... Although, I, you, LJ's right. He's crying for his mom at one point. And I'm hearing that. He's crying for his mother at one point. And I was asking myself, now, where have I heard that before? Where have I heard about a black man being jumped on by police and being beaten to death and calling out for his mother? Where have I heard that before? Hmm. Oh, wait a minute. Then it came to me. Yeah, I've heard this story before. I heard it before. I sure did. And guess who was defending it? 
Guess who's defending the police? Bro, Guess who brought on Candace Owens and other people to defend not the victim, but to defend the police? Guess who it was? Geraldo. Guess who it was? Who was doing that before? Because I remember another black man pinned down by police, beaten and strangled to death in the middle of the street. And you didn't hear all these protestations from Fox News and Sean Hannity. You didn't hear that then. You heard them give every excuse under the sun and in the book, every putrid dispute excuse imaginable. And it was disgusting. It was sickening then, and the only reason, the only reason they're not doing it now is because the five officers in this case were black. That's the only reason that they're not doing it now, because this is the American way. The society sends the message over and over and over and over again of who it is you are allowed to harm and who it is you are not. Brothers and sisters from around the world, I'm gonna start off with one simple question here tonight. One simple question for all of you here tonight, regardless of your age, ask yourselves one question. When was the last time that you saw a white person get accosted by multiple police? and end up in the hospital and dead. Rodney King, where's the white equivalent of Rodney King across this nation? Where's the white equivalent of Rodney King? A white person who went through what Rodney King did, where's the white equivalent? Say his name. Where is the white equivalent of George Floyd? The white equivalent of George Floyd, where you saw this kind of thing happen to a white person, where's the equivalent? And he's dead. Tyre Nichols, where's the white equivalent? Because you see, if this is just American policing, if this is just American policing, then that's a different matter. That's a different matter if this is just American policing, if everybody gets the same treatment. But you see, we should be able to rattle off a laundry list of white names that that happens with. We should be able to rattle off a laundry list of white names if that's the case, and yet it isn't. Yet it's not the case. You all can't name a white person who's ever gotten to George Floyd Tyree Nichols, Rodney King treatment. You can't think of a single time that you saw a white person sitting in the middle of the damn street with five or six or seven police officers beating them unmercifully. You've never seen that. You've never seen a white female getting UFC-style hammer strikes put on top of her. That's not accidental. You never saw it, and furthermore, you never saw a, a, a white media apparatus 
sit up here and play defense attorney. They didn't come to Muhammad Nawar's defense. They came to Geronimo Yanez. They didn't come to Muhammad Nawar's defense. Same state, same geographic location within the state. They never came to his defense. And that makes a point to people. That's the whole thing I'm getting at. You're sending a message that these are the people you can go after, and these are the people you can mistreat, and these are the circumstances under which you can do it. You know the whole damn world is on his damn ear when you got me and Van Jones agreeing. You know the whole damn world is spun mad when me and Van Jones are agreeing. By the way, if you all agree with what you're hearing here tonight, give me the black fist in the super chat and hit the likes button. There's almost 4,000 people in here tonight. Let's let YouTube and the rest of the world know this is not fringe elements here. We represent the black street. We represent the black street. Big shout out here to Flexton Donda. Cyber Down 100, thank you very much. And Tommy Felix, these killers look like outsiders. In reality, I don't think that's the case. I don't believe that's the case. I think this is homegrown terrorism. I think this is homegrown terrorism. I haven't seen anything to point in that direction. This is homegrown terrorism. And don't worry, I got details on the cops coming up here tonight. Stay tuned. Andrea Roberson, thank you very much for your support tonight as a well, sister. We appreciate that. And to everyone else, Black Voltron, and everyone else who has contributed to support tonight's program and PayPal, Cash App, or Super Chat, thank you very much for your support. It's going to be a big program here tonight. Me and Van Jones are on the same side of things, so you know things are screwed up here already. He wrote an opinion piece that's got a whole bunch of folks upset, but when you read it there, he sounds like the Black Channel, shades of the Black Channel. So I don't know if you're going to get that next check from Jeff Bezos. Van, I hope you went ahead and got that whole check in one allotment because you might not be seeing another bag like that from Jeff Bezos if you keep this up. You keep this up, you might not get another bag. He said the police who killed Tyree Nichols were black, but they might still have been driven by racism. To which you go ahead and you ask about that, and he goes down. If you go down to the article here, it says, by all accounts, Nichols was a good guy, a one 145-pound skateboarder. 145 pounds. If this had been a white 145-pound kid, what would they have done? He says, an Instagram photographer, a Starbucks aficionado, learning that your child's life and senses is stolen from him is every black parent's nightmare. But surprisingly to many people, the five officers charged with viciously beating him were also black. How do we explain Nichols' horrific killing, allegedly at the hands of police who look like him? From the King beating to the murder nearly three years ago of George Floyd, American society has often focused on the race of the officers, so often white, as a factor in their deplorable acts of violence. But the narrative, white cop kills unarmed black man, should never have been the sole lens through which we attempted to understand police abuse and misconduct. It's time to move to a more nuanced discussion of the way police violence endangers black lives. 
Black people are not immune to anti-black messages. Now, Van Jones goes on to say here, one of the sad facts about anti-black racism is that black people ourselves are not immune to its pernicious effects. Society's message that black people are inferior, unworthy, and dangerous is pervasive. Over many decades, numerous experiments have shown that these ideas can infiltrate black minds as well as white. Self-hatred is a real thing. That's why a black store owner might regard customers of the same race with suspicion while treating his white patrons with deference. Uncle Ruckus Syndrome. Black people can harbor anti-black sentiments and can act on those feelings in harmful ways. Black cops are often socialized in police departments that view certain neighborhoods as war zones. In those departments, few officers get disciplined for dishing out, quote, street justice in certain precincts. Often populated by black, brown, or low-income people. Man, you know, y'all knew Van was going to go for that. You knew that was coming. But in those departments, few officers get disciplined at for dishing out, quote, street justice. Let me ask y'all a question. When you take a look at some of the folk who come out of Memphis, you tell me, is Memphis a place where street justice is the norm, where the judicial system has been weaponized against Black people as the norm? Is Memphis such a place? Is Memphis such a place? I've talked to Judge Joe Brown many a moon about that. Memphis is a place where it's weaponized openly, blatantly. One of the highest incarceration rates in America for targeting <coughs> black people for marijuana crimes and dismissing white people for it. But ask yourselves, is Memphis such a place where that happens? Memphis has a long time record, has a long time track record of anti-black racism. And it persists doggedly to this very day. So to anybody who's under any illusions about how it works, to anyone under any illusions about how it works, that's the thing I want you to understand. Oh yeah, one last question. Where was Dr. King killed? Talking about Dr. King here two weeks. By the way, um, is, is Memphis, Tennessee a hotbed of anti-black racism? By the way, where was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. murdered at, by the way? Selma, Biloxi, New Orleans, Shreveport? Where was Dr. King killed at? Oh, yeah. Memphis, Tennessee, 720 degrees, threading all the needles across all the decades so that you understand the past is prologue. It didn't come out of nowhere. Van Jones goes on to say the cops of all colors, including black police officers, internalize those messages and sometimes act on them. In fact, in black neighborhoods, the phenomenon of brutal cop black cops singling out young black men for abuse is nothing new. Back in 1989, the rap group N.W.A. highlighted the problem in the classic hip-hop anthem, 
We talking about if the police, Ice Cube said on black police showing out for the white cop. When it comes to police violence, race does matter, but possibly not the way you think. At the end of the day, it is the race of the victim who is brutalized, not the race of the violent cop. That is most relevant in determining whether racial bias is a factor in police violence. It's hard to imagine five cops of any color beating a white person to death under similar circumstances. And it is almost impossible to imagine five black cops giving a white arrestee the kind of beatdown that Nichols allegedly receives. Not allegedly. Not allegedly. But you got me and Van on the same page here about that. That's not a joke. That's not a joke. The message that has been sent clear as day, the message that has been sent clear as day is that you're allowed to go in on black folk. You're allowed to. That's that's where you can engage in these kinds of extrajudicial acts. In the year 2023, the beat rolls on, it's not done. We'll be back here again because you live in a system of white supremacy. You live in a system of white supremacy. So understand you are the target. It doesn't matter who the foot soldiers are who do the dirty work. You are the target. It was asked in my last documentary, Race War. The question was posed in my last documentary, Race War. Do you have to be black? I mean, do you have to be white in order to be a white supremacist? Do you have to be white in order to be a white supremacist? Now, as far as being a white supremacist proper, that is you get the benefits of whiteness. Well, no, you have to be white to get the benefits of whiteness. So being a white supremacist in that point, in that case that you're defending your benefits, no. But do you have to be white in order to adopt and adhere to the principles and the perspectives and identify with those perspectives of white supremacy? Absolutely not. White supremacy is a religion. It doesn't it doesn't require a race ethnicity. It only requires your belief. It only requires an agreement in belief. You do not have to be white in order to be a white supremacist. You can be any color, any race, including especially, by the way, black. Including and especially, by the way, black. You can de- absolutely you can be black and be a white supremacist. Absolutely. And I submit to you all that just like the immigration system in America favors black people from Africa and the Caribbean who demonstrate anti-black sentiments and they harbor anti-black hostility. The same goes in your police departments in America. They favor applicants or individuals 
who harbor anti-black sentiments. They don't want a police department that's gonna overturn the status quo. They want a police department that's going to uphold the status quo. That's what they want. So this vetting process isn't just in one aspect of society or one place. White supremacy is global. White supremacy's mechanisms of oppression are also global. And by global, I mean permeates every part of the society. Everywhere you go, in a global sense, and with even the society you live in, it's everywhere. That perspective, that sentiment, that pressure, that's everywhere. Look, everybody understands. Black police officers understand. You can't mess with everybody. Everybody knows who you can go after, and more importantly, they know who you can't. So you see, the white cops might be able to beat the brakes off of Becky, but the black cops better not try it. Because you know that the police department ain't gonna have your back. Now, if you go brutalize a black person to demonstrate to your white peers that y'all are on the same page, or because you spent so much time identifying with them that you finally saw an opening, then just understand the whole department knows. The whole department knows. Everyone's talking about Ronald Green down there in Louisiana. It took years to get that video released. And by the way, action still hasn't been taken yet. It took years to get the video released. So I'm very well familiar with how law enforcement agencies do this. I'm from Louisiana, a hotbed of that kind of behavior. Don't you know the, the cop, the whistleblower cop, the white black one, they, they ran him out the police department. Though there was a white cop who blew the whistle on it. They ran him out too. So the cops who did the deed are protected and the whistleblowers got run out of the police department. Now they filed lawsuits, but just understand the guys who were the whistleblowers, they ran them out the department. The guys who committed the murder, oh, stick around. Don't you understand? That's the message that you are, they know full damn well the message that that sends to the rest of the police department that it literally took the governor of Louisiana to step in and say something. It doesn't take that when the victim is a white woman, a white man, an Asian person. See, they've got their protections. They've got their protected status. The only folks sitting around, floating around out here naked of protected status, and guess who this open season on? They sent a very clear message to all of them of what is expected, what is condoned, what is protected, what it is the culture is, they get taught in the classroom, but when they go out there on the streets, I'll be damned, it's Ethan Hawke and training day. I want you all to understand, that's the way it works. It's Ethan Hawke and training day. Yeah, that's what they say in the classroom, and then there's what happens when they hit the streets, and what happens outside of the classroom, that's what they operate under. Everyone understands that. Everyone understands that. So ever since Rodney King 
don't, when they let those cops go from the civil trial and whatnot, they didn't get convicted criminally and let them go to the civil trial. That sent the message to the entire police department. These are the rules. And even if some of the attempts to press the matter judicially, we got your back, including in the court of law. We got your back. We got your back. Brother Neely Fuller once said that white supremacy requires training. Every white person is taught and trained in the methods and practices and beliefs of white supremacy. They have to be. You could never have a system that works this, that is this large, has this many people in it, and yet works so efficiently and effectively if everyone wasn't being taught and trained. The system would simply fall apart from this organization. Take a look at how ruthlessly efficient and organized it is in every city and every state of the union. That's why we've always submitted to you all that this is the law of the land. White supremacy is the law of the land. Because everywhere you go, it's the same thing. Everywhere you go. And it works in perfect efficiency. Everywhere you go. Now, the media was hard at work. Try to gin things up. Y'all got to understand, I, I saw this weird thing start happening. This weird thing started happening about Wednesday. Wednesday, I noticed it in one article, and I just thought, well, hell, that's weird. That's strange. What are they doing? That's weird. And then I started seeing it in other places, and that's when I realized what the hell was going on. Days before anything happened, they were talking about white folk out here misbehaving and then trying to tie that to the death of a black person. Trying to tie that to the death of a black person. And then saying, you know they're going to start rioting. and We're getting ready for violence out here. You notice they started doing that. So it's the media, the white media calling for violence calling for anarchy. The white media openly calling and soliciting for it. By the way, that uh, town hall website, Mr. Julio Rosas, Memphis braces for potential riots when police footage is released. Notice it said when it's released, because by the time you wrote this article, it hadn't been released yet. Although it was 6.30 in the evening, I saw some of it was released. Not the worst. You remember, they released it in parts. They didn't release the whole thing as one long clip. They released it in parts. So they released the they released the beginning of it where he got pulled over by police. He got yanked out. They're roughing him up, but he's able to escape from them. And then they show the second part where they catch up to him. Now we're going to give you the business. But when you go down this article here, it's, oh, they're, they're staying up for a lot here. Okay, Miss Stephanie Douglas. In downtown Memphis, businesses have begun boarding up windows in the storefronts ahead of the release of Tyree Nichols' arrest video. So she's doing the most out there. Rick O'Donnell, never heard of you. But this was being circulated in and around in New York City underground. 
Where's the New York City Underground? What the hell is that? What the hell is the New York City Underground? What the hell is this, people? What is he talking about? The New York City Underground. What is that? What, what is it? Is that like Fight Club? What, where is this New York City Underground this guy is referring to? Where is it? Does anybody know? Where in the world would that be at? Okay. Let me go ahead and replay this here for a minute here. I didn't know that y'all couldn't see that. Um, this is Miss Stephanie Douglas talking about businesses in downtown Memphis are boarding up the windows. This is Rob O'Donnell here. And he's saying that this flyer, I guess, or this picture, this is what's being circulated in and around the New York City underground. Where is the New York City underground? Where is it? Where is it? Are the penguin and the joker there and the mole man? Where is it? Where is the new the New York City underground? What the hell is where's the underground and how the hell did he get into it? Underground. Folks, these people are fiction writers. The New York City underground. Wish I could tell you that was the worst, but it wasn't. Oh hell, what do you know? The usual suspects. The usual suspects start turning up. What do you know? Andy Nago. What do you know? There's old Andy. There's old Andy. Well, well, guess who? Yeah. When I told you what they're trying to create and what they're inciting and whose side they're on in this. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that didn't take very long. By the way, they put up one tweet from these other folks, one tweet from Andy, two tweets from Andy with a bunch of other screenshots, boy, three tweets from Andy, boy, Town Hall must be Andy's website. Town Hall must be Andy's website. They've gone down the list to make sure, hey, we're giving you the blow-by-blow from old Andy. By the way, this was two days ago when he started this, started two days ago. So he's been sitting up here saying it the whole damn time. He's been trying to give a blow by blow. This isn't honest journalism. This is somebody with an agenda. This is somebody with an agenda. I don't know if Andy said anything about the uh, mass shootings in California among the Asian community. I don't know if he said anything about that yet. Andy's too worried about projecting and imposing anti-black racism. So. I don't, I don't know if Andy's even aware that it occurred. I don't even know if he knows it happened. I don't even know if he knows it happened. So, in any case, yeah, not hard to figure out whose side these folks are on. Not hard to figure out who they're caping for. Not hard to figure out who it is they're defending. Not hard to get that old. So the media is openly calling for it, openly stoking it, openly saying, oh, there's going to be violence, right? Gotta be ready. There's going to be violence. Days before, days before, the, and tied to the release of a video, days beforehand. So they're letting you know. So now they've moved in what heavy equipment in, in, in Georgia. They got the governor has got the National Guard. And they got heavy equipment, some, some of that surplus military equipment that was in Iraq because... Because have you ever seen an IED explode in America? 
They got Dammy Bearcats and MRAPs and armored Humvees. And yet, have you ever seen an improvised explosive device that could crack the hull of anything, explode on American soil? But all that surplus military equipment that they were going up after Al-Qaeda with, uh, they, they brought it back over here. Shout out Barack Obama. Shout out Barack Obama. Brothers and sisters from around the world, we're just getting started tonight here. We're just getting started tonight because when we come back, we're going to take a bit of an in-depth view of the five villains involved in this murder. We're going to go ahead and do a little bit of a deep dive on them and see where they come from, what's really going on, and whether or not there was any warning, because that's the number one thing you take a look at, was there any warning that this was coming? Was there any warning whatsoever to give you a heads up that this was on its way? And I submit to you, not only was there a heads up about it, there was plenty. There was plenty. So we're going to take a very brief commercial non-commercial break. When we come back, you're going to get more information than you thought you were going to get about the five officers involved. Not conjecture, but some facts about it. In the meantime, here before we do, I want to thank everyone, everyone, and I mean everybody who has contributed to support tonight's program here. Thank you very much in the super chat. There's been a number of you there. We appreciate that. So William Cooper, thank you. And everybody else here, cult-like personality, everybody else who's contributed, thank you very much for your support. We're going to take a very brief commercial, non-commercial break. When we come back, the inside story about the officers. Was there a warning that this kind of behavior was about to happen? This is the Black Channel. My name is Joe Jackson. I'm the foundation of Black America. And I have the civil rights team the goal of helping the family global. The industry could change it. I've learned a lot. But how did we get it? How do we navigate issues we face in the workplace? How can we get our house in order? The concept and intricacies of being black and IT now on Amazon. It was the best selling guide to being black and IT. Go to beingblackandit.com. Order yours today to experience all of the benefits of Ash Kick and Natural Body Butter. Skin so smooth and soft. Ankles Shop Ash Kick and all That's A S H K I C K I N dot com.
Brenda Starr, creator of Poetry with a Purpose and author of the book, Press But Not Crushed. Press But Not Crushed is an anthology of political poems that address current and historical issues in American descendants of slave population and African-American population. The book describes slavery and its residuals, Jim Crow segregation, social depredation, and other relevant issues to American descendants of slaves and African-Americans, including the current political climate that does not address our issues. This is the Black Channel. I am your host, your brother, your humble servant, the Black Authority. Very glad to be with you all here this evening. And I want to discuss about the cops here involved and there was a very good article put out here by NBC News that took a look into this. What we know about the five Memphis police officers charged for beating Tyree Nichols to death. People on video and everything else, that's grotesque. That's grotesque. The article says two of the five former Memphis police officers arrested in the killing of 29-year-old Tyree Nichols had been on the job for a couple of years and the others no more than six years. And some of the officers have been part of a new anti-violence unit called Scorpion. Wow, isn't that ironic? These guys were part of an anti-violence unit. Hmm. That didn't age well at all. An anti-violence unit called Scorpion. By the way, you have an anti-violence unit that's named after a dangerous predator arachnid, but okay. Which stands for Street Crimes Operation to Restore Peace in Our Neighborhoods. Prosecutors confirm. And that's what Scorpion stands for. To Darius Bean, Demetrius Haley, Emmett Martin III, Desmond Mills Jr. and Justin Smith were fired on January 20th, after an administrative investigation found they had violated department policy on the use of force. People, Tyree was beaten on January 7th. They fired these guys two weeks later two weeks do you all realize how long it takes for us to get the names of white police officers do you realize how long it takes for us to get those names they jumped up and took action quick fast and in a hurry here's the names boy we go remember with ronald green it took us years to get information that took years Years, but you see, when it's a black cop, boy, they toss your ass up. They give your ass up quick. They give your ass up quick. Where's the union? None of the unions for the white police. Muhammad, Officer Muhammad Nawar found that out the hard way in Minneapolis. The, the, the police union is for the white officers, not for you. Not for you. 
Those in the state here today were charged Thursday with second-degree murder, two counts of official misconduct, two counts of aggravated kidnapping, one count of official oppression, and one count of aggravated assault. Official oppression. They're digging for some charges there, didn't they? See, when you're black, oh, they can trust me. Anything you do, it can and will be held against you because everything you've done is already a crime, even if you didn't know it. Everything you do can and will be held against you because everything you do, there's already a law on the books against it. We don't have to go campaigning for new laws. There's already a law against any crime you want to commit. There's already a law. We don't get the laws enforced. There's already seven or eight laws for any offense you can commit. And I guarantee you, any offense you can commit can be deemed a there's a law that makes it a felony. Now, there's the real kicker about it. Any crime you commit, I guarantee you there is a way of looking at there's a law out there that can be used to turn it into a felony. Now, they go on to say, like Nichols, all five former officers were black. So, so much for race not mattering in these cases, by the way. With the Asians who got killed here last week, race didn't matter. With black folk, okay, back to race matter. So much for the media. Following the brutal beating on January 7th, Nichols was hospitalized in critical condition and died three days later. So he died on the 10th, and they had the officers charged on the 20th, 10 days later. Police initially said that Nichols fled on foot during a traffic stop for reckless driving and that a, quote, confrontation occurred when the officers tried to detain him. However, Memphis Police Chief Serilyn C.J. Davis told MSNBC Friday that an investigation and review of available camera footage could not, quote, substantiate the reckless driving claim. So do you all understand? They're saying that they don't even have confirmation that the reason that they pulled pulled Tyree over was even, that that was even legitimate. They don't have anything that actually substantiates that he was recklessly driving. That's why they pulled him over. So on top of everything else, they couldn't even come up with it. According to their own police department, they can't substantiate that the reason you pulled him over even actually occurred. They go on to say a nervous nation braced for the possibility of widespread protest. This is NBC News, people. This is not Fox News. I'm on NBC News' website, sounding exactly like Fox News. Sounding exactly like Fox. So no wonder they can now go from one of these so-called liberal networks to conservative network or from conservative network to liberal network and not even have to change the pants they're wearing. A nervous nation raced for the possibility of widespread protests against police violence as Memphis officials prepared to release video of the fatal beating that Nichols' mother, Rovon Wells, had already described as horrific. This is what we know about the five Memphis police officers at the center of this latest storm. This is what we know about them. Demetrius Haley, age 30. Before Haley joined the Memphis Police Department in August 2020, he worked as a corrections officer for the Shelby County Corrections Department. 
in a 2016 lawsuit filed in the U.S. District Court for Western Tennessee, Haley was accused of taking part in the beating of an inmate named Cardalarius Sledge some eight years ago. Let me say that again. He was accused of taking part in the beating of an inmate in the county jail. So in other words, a few of the corrections officers got together, beat up an inmate. It went to federal court, but apparently it obviously didn't go so badly. It goes on to say that Sledge said that Haley and another officer punched him in the face and a third officer slammed him face first into a sink. Quote, after that, I blacked out, Sledge said in a suit. The suit was dismissed in 2018 after a judge ruled that Sledge had not properly served one of the defendants with a summons. So a technicality. A technicality is what dismissed the suit. Now, when you blag, if you blag against some white officers, or, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, a black officer against white victims. Try that one. Try to be a black officer and try that with white victims. See what happens. He goes on to say the sledge who filed the suit without the help of a lawyer said he was in federal custody at the time and unable to complete all the paperwork. People, this system is a damn sham. That's why folks got to take the streets to justice because you're telling people that they need to be a damn legal scholar. The man is in federal prison. He's sitting up here. His rights have been violated. Well, he was in federal custody. Rights have been violated. And the system's like, oh, well, you didn't file the proper paperwork against one of the defendants. You didn't issue them with a summons. He doesn't have the ability to sue these people. He's trying to be a, a prison lawyer and do it on his own. And this is what happens. So then you wonder why it is that folk just say, man, damn the system we take into the streets. Freeway Rick had to get himself out of prison. It's not a system that any of us can support when you have to be a damn legal scholar and you did 80% of what you're supposed to do. And they're like, oh, well, ooh, here's a technicality. Your rights cannot be protected because of a legal technicality. We're not going to defend your human constitutional rights because of a legal technicality. We're not going to defend your rights. Well, damn it, if you ain't going to defend them, we got to defend them ourselves. Next up is Tadarius Bean, 24. Bean's family was thrilled when he was hired in August 2020 by the Memphis Police Department. Quote, everybody was proud of him, proud that he was doing what he loved to do, said Diane Thompson, whose late brother had been married to Bean's mother. Bean previously worked at a fast food restaurant in Mississippi and also worked for AT&T in Memphis, Memphis, according to his LinkedIn profile. From 2016 through 2020, Bean studied criminal justice and law enforcement at the University of Mississippi. So he studied it in college and did an internship with the campus police department. According to his profile, his name was on the Ole Miss 2020 commencement list 
which described him as graduating with a Bachelor of Science in Criminal Justice. So glad he learned the laws so he could learn how to violate them. Next up is Emmett Martin III, 30 years old. Martin was hired by the Memphis Police Department in March of 2018 and was described by a former Bethel University classmate as, quote, one of the coolest brothers ever. Joshua Harper, who is now a pastor in Missouri, said he followed Martin on social media after they left the Christian College in McKenzie, Tennessee. He said Martin posted a, posted a lot about his daughter. He said the man depicted in court papers, quote, is not the person that I know. I was shocked only for a second because I understood that he was a police officer and I know behind the badge that anything can happen when anyone has power and authority, Harper said. Martin was a tight end on the Bethel University football team. Next, Desmond Mills Jr. So he knows we got somebody the third and then we got a junior on here. So Desmond Mills Jr., 32. Mills was nicknamed Box when he played football for West Virginia State University, one of his former coaches, Kip Shaw, said. Shaw, who coached him in 2009 and 2010, said Mills was a popular and hardworking member of the team who played center and offensive guard. Quote, I'm not one to be surprised a lot, Shaw said, but when I saw the news, I was just shocked. I've been coaching a long time and you just never know. I told my wife, that man played for us in West Virginia State. Mills was hired by the Memphis Police Department in March of 2017. He listed his hometown as Hartford, Connecticut on WBSU football team's 2012 roster. He spent his formative years in a suburb north of there called Bloomfield. Quote, we can confirm that one of the officers, Desmond Mills Jr., is a graduate of Bloomfield High School class of 2008. School officials said in a statement, y'all, they went looking at his high school. NBC News started calling up colleges and high schools, people. Can, quick, can anybody tell me where Derek Chauvin went to high school? Geronimo Yanez? Betty Shelby? Dante Servin? Daniel Pentaglio, anybody, anybody, Timothy Lohman, anybody, anybody tell me where they went to school at, no juvenile court records, no, no nothing, all right, just asking for a friend, last is Justin Smith, 28, y'all can see he's got his dark and lovely curl on his wave curl in his head, so <laughs> looking like he's posing for a 90s R&B album. Brother, all I can say is keep your legs shaved, because where you going? Yeah. Keep your legs shaved. Uh, Justin Smith, 28 years old. Smith was hired by the Memphis Police Department in March of 2018. Following his arrest, Smith posted his $250,000 bond and was released from custody Thursday night. So he's back out on the streets. I'm sure he went straight to Michelle's house. I don't know. But those are the police officers. And as you can tell, 
in some cases, should have been aware that something was amiss and something was awry. Now you have some idea. Now you have some idea. And I'm sure as time goes on, we're going to hear more and see even more. As time goes on, we're going to see and we're going to hear even more. But my point to you all is understand, as I understand it, there wasn't even a sergeant. There wasn't even a sergeant out there when they accosted him. So basically, this unit was allowed to just roam the streets. This unit was just allowed to just roam the streets. That That's a disaster waiting to happen. You're basically telling them that they are the law in and of themselves. They're just being allowed to run the streets, to grab any and everybody. Now, I'm going to say one more thing to you all. Let's be very, very clear about this. You don't just jump up and do this out of nowhere. You do this because this is the way business is done at the Memphis Police Department. Y'all, you don't just jump out and five of y'all start beating on somebody with dash cameras and body cameras going. No, you do that because this is department policy. You do that because this is department policy. You do this because you've done it a dozen, two dozen, three dozen times before. You do this because this is the way we roll. Mm -hmm. You do this because this is the culture of your police department. They didn't just jump up on a random Tuesday and start beating people to death. In this case, uh, January 7th was a Saturday night. January 7th was a Saturday night. They didn't just jump up and give him the Saturday night special out of nowhere. This is what we do. Let me be very, very clear. I've been to Memphis many a time. There's some neighborhoods in Memphis that I've been through at night with my jet black ass SUV with the Louisiana license plates on. Let me tell you, some neighborhoods, you're kind of nervous driving around. I know I've been there. I know I've been there. But for somebody who lives in Memphis under these circumstances, Y'all got five men out there for a 145-pound dude. Five of you out there, you're, all of y'all are bigger and stronger him in every direction. How in the hell is it this 145-pound dude and y'all have not restrained him? You haven't restrained him because you weren't trying to. You have not properly restrained him because you weren't trying to. This is the Memphis Police Department. This is what the Memphis Police Department does. This is department policy. And if they hadn't killed him, they'd still be on the street today. If they hadn't killed him, they'd still be on the street today. See, the problem is when you start telling yourself, well, it doesn't, you start treating folk like punching bags. You don't know when you're dealing with somebody who's got a pre-existing condition. You don't know 145 pounds, he might be diabetic.
knew who to choose. Let me tell you something. Police departments don't hire head busters for nothing. Police departments don't hire head busters for nothing. New York Police Department, you guys want that Puerto Rican cop sitting on people's heads? You got Daniel Pantaleo choking people to death. You got Derek Chauvin kneeing people and choking them to death. See, you got police departments, they want dudes like that on the department. They want head busters so they can send them out and be a menacing force. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't be able to handle yourself, but there's a difference between individuals who are being recruited because they handle themselves and individuals who are being recruited because they're able to inflict a proper with the police department because there's been a appropriate amount of menace. Back in the 60s and 70s in Los Angeles, that's why they had so many, they recruited so many police officers from the South because they were looking for head buses. That's what you ended up with in the 70s and the 80s. Then you have the rise of NWA who grew up under that kind of police violence their whole lives. They make a song about it in 89. A couple years later, Rodney King and the whole damn world sees what NWA had been putting on wax. You couldn't say a damn word against it. You couldn't say a damn word against it because they just confirmed and validated everything NWA had said. And the folks out there who jumped on Rodney King, those were known head busters in the uh, Los Angeles Police Department. What do you have now in the Los Angeles Police Department and um, the LA Sheriff's Department? You got full-blown gangs among the units there. Full-blown head busters. They got full-blown head buses in the, in the apartments. That's their job. And the white owners and the white power brokers of the city, that's why they got so many Latinos there. And yes, I am going to follow up on SB uh, 690, that you don't have to be a resident of the United States to be able to get a government job in Los Angeles, including right. a police officer. I'll, I'll be giving you all an update on that if you hadn't heard about that. But by the way, for those yeah. of you who might want to send me, uh, don't send me articles and emails. I stay on top of these things. We'll we'll come to that a little bit later. We're dealing with this right now, but we'll come back to that for those of you who weren't aware. But Los Angeles specialized in hiring head buses. They specialized in that, so it's not accidental that you saw the results you did, and the results continue this day. The results continue to this day. New York City, you saw with the George Floyd protests. I'm sitting here showing y'all a video of the New York Police Department running over folks and pushing them away with their SUVs, head busting all over the damn place. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. So then you come back south again. Louisiana, head busters. They, they hired them for a reason. They hired him for a reason. Memphis, Tennessee, no head buses. They hired him for a reason. So they knew what they were doing. They knew what they were doing. They didn't hire these individuals because they were not knowing. They hired them because they did know. And what they did was they assembled them together in a squad and they made it clear to them, you can do whatever you want to do. 
And so the five of them cornered one pathetic individual and beat him to death. And don't get me wrong, I'm as much against reckless driving as anybody else, although reckless driving could be that he he was severely exceeding the speed limit. Okay, maybe that did happen. I am as much against reckless driving as anybody you're going to find. But there is not a law that allows the police to accuse you of reckless driving and then beat you to death. That's not the penalty for reckless driving. The penalty for reckless driving is not to be stoned until death. That's not the penalty. Now, as you all are aware, as I've informed you here before, but people like John A. Light, Samuel Bolivano, we can go down the list. I've told you about this before. They said that the, the Italian mafia doesn't really, it's not really Italians carrying out the hits anymore. The Italians have now outsourced assassinations to other people. Their favorites to do it with are the black, quote, the black kids. They like to pay, pay black kids and young black men to go and carry out the assassinations for the Italian mafia. So even if you can catch the person who did it, not another Italian, that's their preferred mode of travel now. Getting black folk primarily, the Albanians secondarily. So to get somebody black to carry out the dirty work, and I submit to you that that's what you're seeing here now in a system of white supremacy is the culture that recruits individuals to carry out the dirty work. And what you're seeing in Memphis is the ultimate expression of that. In the system of white supremacy, they know who they can do that with. Let's be very, very clear. If this had been a 145 pound black a white female and these five big strong black brutes had beaten her to death, Fox News would be calling for lynchings. They would literally be calling for lynchings in front of the Memphis Elementary School. They would literally be calling for lynchings in front of the Memphis Elementary School. You cannot do this with anybody else. You simply can't. You can't do this with anyone else, anywhere else. And for someone to go this wild with it, that tells you they've been doing this for a while. They've been doing this for a minute. This is what they do. They've been doing this for a minute. Now I want to say something else right now. There is absolutely no reason whatsoever. It is inexcusable and unforgivable for Memphis to be in the situation and the condition that is in today. It is absolutely reprehensible, but it is engineered. There's no way in the hell that the global hub of FedEx, FedEx's global hub is in Memphis, Tennessee, because Memphis is the population median of America. They chose Memphis for a reason. It's basically strategically located as the population median of America, even though it's on the right third of the nation. But bottom line is there's approximately an equal number of people to the west and the east of Memphis, Tennessee. And if you've been by FedEx's hub, and I've been there many a moon, 
is basically it's an airport unto itself. It was made to be that. Just like Walt Disney World is in Florida, it's made to be a city unto itself. Memphis's hub is an airport unto itself. I've been by there many a moon. When you're driving by the street that takes you by Memphis's hub there, you know, you got the uh, that, that rail yard, the shipping yard there. It's got all the boxcars stacked up. Memphis is a transportation super hub. It is a transportation super hub. Yeah, not, not just a FedEx. I'm naming FedEx because that's the biggest one that you can think of, but there are other companies that are there as well. Memphis is a transportation super hub, and yet they have effectively strangled the economy. You say it's Nike's main distribution hub. Could be. I'm sure everybody else will latch, latch on to that after FedEx got their thing up and going. So just understand there, folks, there, that should be one of the most booming cities in America. Made there. Poverty should be essentially impossible, and yet it isn't. And yet it isn't. Yet it's not. That's not accidental when you've got that much economic commerce going on in such a small, concentrated area. That's not accidental that you can have that put together and yet you pretty much strangled out the residents. You pretty much strangled out the residents. So I'm telling you that, that that's not that's not the kind of thing that they haven't studied. That's not the kind of thing I'm telling you, that's not the kind of that they've been studying this for a while. They've been studying that for a while. But you shouldn't be surprised. I want you to understand when you talked about Mason. Oh, yeah, I'm giving you the 720 degrees of analysis when you all talk about Mason and that Ford wants to build a $5 billion super plant in Mason, Tennessee. I want you all to understand we're talking about Mason, but these people have already cut their teeth and perfected their chops at building major industries in a black city in Tennessee and effectively making sure that they freeze out as much of the black population from that economy and wealth as they can. They cut their teeth on it decades ago. So when you talk about Mason, Tennessee, and of course I want economic development out there, absolutely I do, but I, 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 would, I would be remiss in my duties if I didn't warn you all. I'd be remiss in my duties if I didn't warn you that Mason, Tennessee got to watch out. Because take a look at what happened in Memphis, from Memphis to Mason. They've already perfected the art of bringing in multi-billion dollar industries and leaving black folk on the outside looking in, for the most part. For the most part. So just understand what you're dealing with here. They perfected the art of getting other people. White supremacy is, is now in a phase of outsourcing its enforcement. 
is in a phase of outsourcing its enforcement. Let me be very, very clear about something here. In the chat room, Joseph, you say too many single mothers. Well, certainly, you all know Memphis, Tennessee is the bastard baby maker capital of America. Um, I'm the one who told you all about that over a decade ago. It's certainly been wearing the title well. But here's the issue. The issue is economic deprivation on this level. Folks, you got migrants coming across the damn border and everything else. Government policy steers these results. When you see an economic results. You see, I've been to the Northeast. You got white kids raised by single moms. You got meth heads all over the damn place. In the Northeast, it is, I mean, it's a wasteland. I went up to Connecticut, New Hampshire, stopped in the damn Walgreens. I'm talking about, boy, look here. All of your stereotypical images of black crackhead couples, I saw at least a dozen. By the way, mentioned in Memphis, Tennessee, last time I was through Memphis here about a year ago, I saw a white homeless couple over there right off the freeway. Right off the freeway. I keep forgetting the number of that damn freeway. It's, I think it's 140. I keep forgetting the damn number of it. But it's right when you get off the freeway. They ride under the damn underpass. There's, where that, there's a Home Depot out there. I'm, I'm missing, but there's a Home Depot out there. I'm forgetting the exact freeway number off the top of my head. There's a Home Depot out there. I know there's an Interstate 40, but no, it's not, not Interstate 40. It's not Interstate 40. It's another one. No, it's, it's not Interstate 40. It's not I-40. No. Might be 240. It might be 240, Regina. It might be 240. Yeah, it's not Interstate 40. It's not. It's not I40. It's probably 240. And there's there's a Home Depot off of one of the exits. There's a Home Depot and a, a Cracker Barrel, if I remember correctly. There's there's a Cracker Barrel and a Home Depot off the exit. So for those of you who live there, if I'm correct about that, is that 240 where there's like there's a Home Depot and a Cracker Barrel? Off one of the exits. You all know I travel all over the damn place. I've been to so many places here, it's hard for me to remember. But if I'm wrong about that, I'll just be wrong about it. But I mean, I know it's in I know it's in Tennessee. I know it's in the Memphis area there. I, I forget the, the freeway name. I don't go through it enough to be able to remember all that right there. But okay, Boogie said that's 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 two forty. All right, that's two. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking that was. It wasn't I-40. I know that for a fact. It wasn't Interstate 40. It's not Interstate 40. You got to go back around to get to Interstate 40. But there's a Home Depot and there's a Cracker Barrel off one of the exits. And there was a white couple up under one of the freeway overpasses where the, the traffic can turn to, to get on the main strip out there. Raggedy as they can be. Raggedy as they can be. Raggedy as they can be. But you see, the difference is they set up the economy and the economic infrastructure. So you see, white kids, they can be stupid and irresponsible in their teens and early 20s. And then there's a mechanism in place to rehabilitate them. 
there's a mechanism in place to rehabilitate them. See, that's the difference. They don't have, they don't just get stuck out there and left out there for the rest of their lives. There is a mechanism in place to rehabilitate them at any point that they wish to or need to re-enter the economy. We talk about these Karens and whatnot when they get older. See, they can be in high school and college and get run through by all the black football players and black basketball players. But whenever she wants to get cleaned up and straight, the mechanism is in place for them to plug into. Let me give you all an example. And yes, I'm going to use it. Terrence Howard has never been in legal trouble. Terrence Howard has been a model citizen. Terrence Howard has been a model citizen and actor in Hollywood. Robert Downey Jr. spent the better part of a decade or decade and a half getting arrested, busted, doing prison time, dope, not seeing the kids, everything else you can imagine. And he's Iron Man. And when it was time for Marvel Studios to pop things off, they got Robert Downey Jr. for Iron Man. They hired Terrence Howard. They were paying him more than they were paying Robert Downey Jr. And after just one movie, just one, they told Terrence Howard for the second film, yeah, uh, Robert got to get more money and we cutting your pay so we can give it to him. We cutting your money. So just that quickly, Robert Downey Jr. could be on a 10-year bender. Get in and out of jail and everything else. He shows up, makes one movie, and Terrence Howard gets the boot. Just that quick. Just that fast. Terrence Howard been sitting here the whole damn time, mopping the floors, polishing the windows, shining the countertops. Robert Downey been waiting to get on parole. And as soon as he walked through the door, all he had to do was show he could be sober enough to make it through one movie. And yeah, Terrence, there you go. Yeah, we have a social safety net for Robert. We have a social safety net for Robert. Folks, I ain't making this up. Britney Spears. Britney Spears was whacked out of her damn skull on drugs. Her father had to take possession of, of, of her career for her for a, over a decade. She's out here with Kevin Federline and anybody else who wants to lay on top of her. And just as, and, and nobody was scandalizing her career, she could do whatever. She's not taking care of the kids and nothing else. Oh, well, ho-hum. Whitney Houston, let's see if we can lock you up. Whitney Houston, let's lock you up. In the chat room, you're like, Ezra Miller? Ezra Miller has been the horror of Hawaii. He's been terrorizing Hawaii now for the last two, three years. And Warner Brothers said, yeah, we're not necessarily going to buy him. How many, he's been beating up women. Y'all saw me show, what, what do you mean, cut his contract? What do you mean? Talk about a safety net. The baby says something inarticulate about people with AIDS. And next thing you know, they like, oh, cancel his whole career. And they enforced it. Oh, we don't want to host your concerts. Stadium, we don't want to host your concerts. Yeah, we can go down the list. Charlie Sheen, Alex Baldwin, Nicole Richie. We'll be here all day talking about the white folk who've been in and out of jail, 
in and out of rehab, everything else, there's a damn safety net for them. So at any time that they wish to re-enter the economic stream, there is a door waiting for them to re-enter it. And they ain't going to start at minimum wage. Do you understand me? Even though they haven't been contributing for 10, 15 years, if at any point they want to re-enter it, they can do that. Let me just go ahead and say it to y'all like it damn well is. You got plenty of black folk in Memphis. They ain't got no damn problem working at the Ford plant or anywhere else when they keep that open. You give them $25, $30 an hour, they're going to be there every day. Here's the problem. The problem is now you sitting up here bringing as many illegals as you can. You brought in white folk from other states going to FedEx. You make it as hard as hell. Just understand something. In white communities, what places like MIT and UCLA, they got programs that prepare the high schoolers for black children. It's a school to prison pipeline. It's an elementary school to prison pipeline. For white kids, it's an elementary school to corporation pipeline. Oh, by the way, Spike, when you talk about uh, Don Cheadle taking over for um, Terrence Howard, remember he said in a recent interview that they told him that he had two hours to accept their offer. By the way, Don Cheadle said that in an interview here recently that they they told him he had two hours to that they were letting go of Terrence Howard that his they were giving him his agent a call. He was at one of his children's birthday parties. He was at one of the children's birthday parties. They told him, talk it over with your agent, but we can only give you two hours to think this over or we're going to have to move on. Go look it up for yourselves. Go look it up for yourselves. They told him you got two hours. He said he had he barely had enough time to talk it over with his wife. Come on, you know you ain't got time to even think about it. They told him, here's the offer. You got two hours and we're moving on. So that was how they did him. See, when you are white, there's a door to re-enter the economy always waiting and open for you. That's what it's made for. It's made for that so that it will always be open and available to you. You see, when you have an economic foundation in your community, when there's an economic foundation, poverty can't really exist and flourish like that. When everybody's got everything that they need, poverty can't really flourish the way it needs to when everyone has access. When everyone has access, it doesn't flourish like this. So when you take a look at places like Memphis that have been economically deprived for the black citizenry that's not accidental that's not accidental when you have a when you have a standard and a, a an apparatus and a structure that makes it very clear what's was expected things change it's different but they do this stuff on purpose. When you got young kids, they target them for drugs, target them for arrest, targeted for poverty. Just understand you're in a system that does that. Let me tell you something else. Even kids who are, I mean, when we talk about the modern rap scene today, that, that's, that is the product of the sons of single moms. 
Take a look at the NBA. You ain't going to like what I'm going to say next, but I'm going to say it. The NBA is full of the sons of single mothers. As soon as they get to the NBA, I don't give a damn what hood they've been raised in. As soon as they get a chance to get something blonde head and blue eyed, they're going to go take it for a ride. They're going to take it for a test drive. Raised by single moms, but as soon as the environment offers something better and they actually have access to it, there they go. There they go. I'm going to make it very, very clear to you here. Black folk what ain't been really able to get jobs at these big plants like that in the last 30 years. General Motors isn't a hub of hiring black people. When Henry Ford started in Detroit and whatnot, that was one thing. But once they got up to capacity and everything, they were like, man, we ain't hiring no more Negroes. We're going to start outsourcing this. That's the way it's always been. FedEx too. When you took a look at the when you take a look at the airline industry as black folk, yeah, we can get the skills, but you're always last hired. It doesn't matter whether the economy is doing great, the economy is trash. We're always last hired. That's not accidental. That's not accidental. Understand something. Memphis should have that every single 18-wheeler that comes out of FedEx's hub should have a black person driving it. But it's not. And that's not accidental. It's not. It isn't, and that's not accidental. They make sure to filter people out because that maintains the status quo. That maintains the status quo. So understand what you're looking at there. The single mother argument is valid, but also understand the the economic influence that perpetuates the circumstances that you see. These young men can tell when their mamas is messed up. Let me tell y'all something. A hundred years ago, if you study the stories of uh, who was Louis Vuitton and Henry Ford and other people, man, they were working when they were teenagers. Don't you understand how they work when they're teenagers? If you offer a 16, 17-year-old the ability to go to work at the Ford plant, you think they ain't going to do it? You think they're not going to do it if they can be 16, 17 years old, can get a job at the plant in a place of their own and get away from their crazy-ass single mama? You think they're not going to do it? No, we ain't going to. No, we ain't offering that. No, we don't want to do it. Now, the illegals who come across the border, we're trying to figure out a way to get that to work. We're trying to figure out how to get that to work. No, 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 no. Not your little black kids here. We're trying to figure out how to get the illegals coming across the board. We're trying to get that one to work. But not you. Not you. This is what they're doing. This is engineered. Don't believe for just a moment that it isn't. Yeah, we know about the effects of it, but just understand what you're looking at there. This is engineered. It's not accidental. Not accidental at all. However, you might disagree. Therefore, the telephone lines are now open. And the number is 646-787-1933. That's 646-787-1933. Your personal access code. To the Blackest Radio Program in America, the only one of its kind in existence. You are, of course, as always, welcome to join us. I want to send a big shout out here to Queen Black Phoenix in the Super Chat. Thank you very much for your support tonight. 
Also, a big shout out here to Mark B, Mr. Richburg. B1 Media is a lifesaver, as always, Mr. Taylor, and everyone else who has contributed to support tonight's program on PayPal, Cash App, or Super Chat. We are talking about the killing of Tyre Nichols in Memphis, Tennessee, how the media has spent the better part of the week, quote, warning people that there would be violence. Hasn't materialized yet. But they've been out there trying to make it clear where they stand on the, hey, don't you want to riot? Don't you want there to be violence? See, we'll tell you what it is. They've been working hard to get that narrative going here. They've been working hard to get that narrative going. We're going to go ahead and take a couple of phone calls. But after we do that, I got one more police video I want to show you all. I have another police video I want to show you. I think you'll find this one to be very interesting. Let me get caller from area code 703. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? CB calling out of Roanoke, Virginia. All right, CB out of Roanoke. What's on your mind? Yeah, I'm in the comments going crazy. But anyway, um, you know, I drive these trucks. And speaking of, you know, reckless drivers or whatever it is, um, I just drove through Louisiana. Um, I'm not sure which which. Um, highway I was on, but in short, there's a lot of hyper-aggressive white drivers out there that cut people off, cut in front of trucks, and what these police officers rather do is they tend to target people when they're, when they're by themselves, like you mentioned in one of your previous broadcasts, and it's really cowards, and these black officers are no different. They don't go after the hyper-aggressive white drivers that they should go after, you know what I'm saying? In some cases, it's black people, but in my opinion, black people drive better than white people. That's just my opinion. But that's all I want. You're on live with Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Billy Muhammad Jr., Akron, Ohio. All right, brother, what's on your mind? All right, a couple of things here. First, uh, this was disgusting, despicable, um, just a terrible, cowardly act by five um, white supremacists and blackface here. Uh, I'd like to um, just also mention that it was bad when it was just the white supremacists killing us with impunity. Then it got to the Hispanics killing us with impunity. Now we got Negroes who are joining police forces to perpetuate anti-black violence against black people. And um, it's really sickening to see Every election cycle, again, um, black people, I ain't voting. I mean, and just a I'm not a Republican. I have never voted Republican in my life, but I probably never will, um, unless they come with tangibles. Um, same thing for the Democrats. I haven't voted Democrat in a long, 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 long time. So my point is, is that these police killings are admissible and pervasive in these the largest cities in America, Philadelphia, the Baltimore, the uh, Washington, D.C., uh, 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 Los Angeles, New York City, all of these cities that black people vote blue no matter who, they're all Democrats, and they don't do a damn thing, excuse my French, to stop it. The state attorney general, the district attorney, the mayors, they're all blue, and they don't stop it. And now, on top of that, I mean, of course, in some of the uh, red states, they do the same thing, but the point is, is that it's gotten to the point now where we have black cops who are doing the same things with impunity 
and, and, and well, expecting for They've been doing uh, that for a while. Happen. First of all, they've been doing that for a minute. Second of all, here's the difference. They're not, now they, they're, they're okay not letting them do it with impunity. Now there's the real thing. When it's time to start grabbing folks up in groups, y'all take a look at it. the killing of Freddie Gray. Let's grab everybody. The killing of Tyree, uh, Tyree Nichols. Let's grab everybody. The fellow recently who got uh, killed in the back of that police van. Let's grab everybody. See, when it's black folk here, we go, it's all in. When it's black folk, you gather up everyone. They didn't gather up the two white cops who showed up later. They didn't gather them. But when it's black folk, we grab everybody. We grab the whole bunch of you. If there's a chance to get you, it's like, oh, no, 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 just corral all of them. But when it's everybody else, there's like, oh, we don't know. I mean, we don't have all the information. We can look through a little bit more. And you're absolutely right about them being Democrat cities. You're absolutely right about that as well. But the old folks don't like to hear that because they're still sitting up here, you know, sucking the, the, the peace pipe about, you know, well, it's just Republicans. We understand there is no good side of this. There's Democrat white supremacy and Republican white supremacy. They operate in different fashions, but they accomplish the same goal. Thank you very much for giving us a call here tonight. What I want to do here, I want to show you all something else. Speaking of videos that were released, here was another video released. For those of you who hadn't heard, Paul Pelosi, the husband of former Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi, um, they they released a video, finally, a judge ordered the need to release the video from one of the body cameras of the San Francisco PD, I guess it is. And when the dude broke into his house with a damn hammer, somehow he had called the police and he's, when they opened the door, he's sitting there, the guy, the guy's got a hammer and he's holding the hammer. So Paul Pelosi is holding the hammer. This is what happens when the police open the door. Uh, how you doing? What's going on, man? Uh, drop the hammer. Um, nope. Hey, 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 hey. What is going on? Right right right? Damn. Yeah. I think you can see a bit of a difference in how things went down there. I think you can see a bit of a difference in how things went down there. Did, did you notice a couple of differences there between that and what happens with black folk? Them guns drawn. Did you notice a difference in what happened when between that and what happens with black people, by the way? Did you notice the difference? Let's try that again. Uh, how you doing? What's going on, man? Good. Yeah. All right. Drop the hammer. Um, no. Hey, 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 hey. So you heard that the cop said, hey, everything good? Everything's fine here. Hey, drop the hammer. Uh, no. Like the Joker from the Dark Knight. Drop the hammer. Uh, no. Take a look at how long that door was open. Uh, how you doing? I want y'all to understand something there. I want you to take a look and see how long that damn door was just sitting there open before anything else happened. Hear it now. 
What's going on, man?
and yet you play like, guess what? It doesn't happen. I don't see about when I talk to them. But then guess what? They're out here killing us, and they know that their white counterparts are out here doing the same. And then we have to try to be around these people every day. They're smiling in your face, want to lift weights with you. They want to talk with you. And like I tell them, I don't deal with you coons. You're a bunch of coon hounds. You know, you do exactly what your master told you. You're a slave catcher. It hasn't changed. And you're still doing a great job slave catching black folks. Because that's all they do here in Chicago. They're the worst. Now, they have always done this. And this is part of the law. And everybody just play dumb. So, like I said, with those black cops, I hope they get what they got to get. But there was a real man, like I told one cop. He told me that he shot a, a young black boy. To my, it was me or him. And I told him, I said, you better be lucky that that child wasn't related to me. I said, you, better, you just better be lucky. Well, you so, know, the I'm real thing is you're dealing with an organized structure. And what stopped these kind of things on the Italians, the Irish, the Asians, the only real difference is they're organized. Not organized as individuals, not organized in one small area. They're organized as a group. When you go on the, and I've been in Chicago several times. When you go on that Asian side of town over there, even where them Asian projects are, them Asian projects on the mm-hmm. other side of that bridge, on the other side of Chinatown, even when you go with them Asian projects, dude, I'm just coming through the neighborhood, you can tell they're on code. You can tell you they in their little Asian mm-hmm. housing projects, and you can swap them out for black folk, except at the point that they're on code. The whole environment looks the same, except they're on code. So if that if that changes, that's what causes that kind of thing to stop. Thank you very much for giving us a call. Let me get called Miracle 323. You're on live at the Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you going from? Yes, how you doing, Big Brother Jason? This is Brother Elijah. Call out of Las Vegas, Nevada. All right, Elijah out of Vegas. What's on your mind? Big Brother, I got a question. I'm not going to monologue with you too long because you got on the call. We just did a program two weeks ago about Dr. King. And here we are two weeks later. To sum up everything after um, tonight's broadcast, do you think that we have made any progress since 50 plus years ago, or we have regressed as a people after seeing this? That's my question. I mean, in some ways, yes and no. I mean, I'm thinking for the most part, we've been standing still. There has been some social and intellectual progress in that now our goal is not integration, our goal is economic empowerment. And we're now being a lot less diplomatic in the terms that we use. So in that sense, there has been change, but there is a difference between change and progress. There's a difference between change and progress. So what I'm looking for now is to see progress. And we've we've progressed in some areas as far as changing our mindset and things. Now it's a matter of turning that change of mind into a change of concrete reality. Thank you very much for giving us a call. Let me get called Mary Code 626. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you going from? Uh, Mr. Wilson calling from Champaign, Illinois. How you do, Mr. Black? I wanted to compliment you on uh, outstanding broadcast, and I wanted to bring up something that you've been talking about. Actually, this is primarily Dr. Kenneth Clark's experiment brought to its full circle because what's happened is just like you've explained. Um, and also, uh, one other thing with this is that 
Um, I don't know if you know of um, David Baldus. He was a professor out of University of Iowa. He presented this to the uh, Supreme Court of the United States saying that black people were being killed at an exponentially different rate simply based on the judicial system telling whites that guess what? If you kill a black person, you get less time if you kill a white. For a black person, if you kill a black person, you get less time than if you kill a white. So this is something that has been going on, and this, this uh, case happened over 40 years ago. So this is something that has been going on for a while and that they're bringing it back up and they keep revisiting it. One other thing with that, um, with the law enforcement, we just got to remember this. Look, we, regardless of this situation that's happened, we have to continue to get our asses in there and become these officers because if not, we're going to have illegals, we're going to have other people going in and patrolling our community. So we need to stick that up. And then well, you've already, you already the got that. I think a good point for those of you who are unaware, the Kenneth Clark experiment, that's the black doll, white doll test is what he's referring to. So just in case yeah. people have forgotten, he's referring to the black doll, white doll test where you have black children who, because of the systematic racism, they preferred the white doll to the black women simply because of what they've seen and everything. I'll let you have the last word. Yeah. Okay. And um, and then lastly, this is the biggest thing with, with, Mississippi, uh, with Memphis. Memphis is just sitting here, they're celebrating because guess what? Really, they've been able to kill two birds with one stone. You got five black officers off the police department, and you've got a, a black officer, I mean, a black person who's been killed. So they're just celebrating. It's a damn shame. That's why we have to remember in Memphis to continue and all over this country, get in law enforcement, get in fire departments, make sure that we are there because they want us out. Thank you very much. Let me get caller from area code six four six. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where you calling from? Hi, Jason. This is Melissa from Brooklyn, New York. Hello, Melissa from Brooklyn. What's on your mind? I just wanted to talk about real quick um, how the mainstream media they actually hyped this event up um, long before the actual video was released because they did the same thing in New York City. Um, when the pandemic first started in, I want to say like about March 2020, um, there was all these news articles going around um, in New York City about how, you know, a lot of stores were afraid of civil unrest, civil unrest, civil unrest, riots, and da 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 da. But meantime, before the George Floyd um, protest riots happened, there was nothing going on in New York City. Um, when the pandemic was declared during the lockdowns, like I want to say from March up until like May 2020, just before the George Floyd incident happened. So it's like the mainstream media actually um, just promotes this like violence, you know, like racialized violence going on with regards to the police and blacks all the time because. And, um, well, when it's for, when it's like for it's black a, people, you, know, you got to understand something. Mm -hmm. Think about this for a moment. Where were these headlines when the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict was supposed to come down? Where were these type of headlines mm -hmm. then? Where was that? All these armed exactly. white supremacists, right. militias everywhere. Where were these kind of headlines then? Where were these kind of headlines at, mm -hmm. at, at times like that? Where were these kind of headlines? With Michael Slager, where were these kind of headlines uh, in, in all these other areas? You didn't see that. Interesting point. Yeah, 
Thank you very much for giving us a call. Let me get caught in area code 678. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Okay, call from area code 678 has been abducted. Call from area code 404. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Oh, Jason, Leroy from Atlanta. All right, Leroy from Atlanta. What's on your mind? Oh, man. Uh... Man, what them cops did up that was reprehensible. But uh, I want to follow up on what the other caller said about how we need, we actually need humans to be cops. Because whether the cops know it or not, they keep doing what they're doing, they're going to end up being replaced by robots. And then they'll be policed just like the rest of us. Because the robots are only going to do what they're programmed to do. Well, but, along but, with the, but the people are doing the same thing. But the people are doing the same thing. That's the point. That's why you don't oh, see a bunch of teenage white girls getting beaten up, beat down, shot, killed, raped, and everything else. That's why you don't see that. Well, you will see. I mean, we have seen it. it I can tell you one instance, you know, as the yeah. that she was shot by a black cop, nobody called for his mention. Well, no, not true, sir, not, no, sir, no, 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 sir, no, that's not true, sir, that is not true at all. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Tucker Carlson, you, you can, sir, you can Google those for yourself. She's a sitting member of Congress who was calling for this man to be brought up on charges. And they was trying to get in the oh, capital and, and to get me. all of them, including them. Dude, are you serious? I mean, dude, he shot her. She was unarmed. Well, I mean, sir, what was she going to do? Sir, she window was, And subdue the whole government? Sir, Come no, on, no. She was going to be the first through the window. She wasn't by herself, sir. There were a thousand people behind her. So you actually believe that was an insurrection? Okay, sir, when you Hello? when you have busted what? down four sets of doors to get to the chambers where the leaders of government are, what's the, what is that other than an insurrection? What is that? They weren't even armed, and we do need to... Sir, they were... No, no, sir, they, no, sir, they were armed. No, sir, they were armed. No, sir, they were armed. Wait, what? Uh, flagpoles? Well, sir, first, on, sir, first of all, yes, sir, yes, that's a weapon. Yes, sir, that is a weapon. If you, uh, sir, against, if, sir, if you guns. beat, sir, if, uh, sir, if you start beating somebody with a pole, a stick, or anything else, you'll be charged with a felony. That's assault with, if it's something that can oh, potentially okay. kill them, that's assault with a deadly weapon, sir. Is this news to you? Uh, are we going to leave out the part where the cops okay, open sir, the doors and move sir, okay? sir, is this news to you? No, it's not news to me, but that's not an insurrection. What happened in Brazil and Sri Lanka are insurrections. Sir, that is no, an insurrection. All, sir, that, that, sir, that is an insurrection. That is. Oh, man, when on, you, sir, when the, you, at, at most, by death, uh, sir, that's what the term you just used was a metaphor. They kicked in three sets of doors. Those doors were opened by Capitol Police. Sir, they were not they opened, opened by from the Cap inside. Sir, they were not opened by Capitol Police, sir. Ashley Babbitt was showing video Ashley taken. Babbitt was showing you she could get through the doors. And what was she gonna do? Take over the whole government? 
her and the so other, you, so her and the other thousand, to be shot? her and the other thousand people behind her. You keep talking about her like she's by herself. Okay. What about the other thousand people with her? Without guns. Meanwhile, in Sri Lanka, they camped up in the capital. Sir, it doesn't matter if they had. Sir, it doesn't matter if they have guns or not. As we just saw in Memphis, you can beat people to death with your bare hands. And nobody's denying that, and that's why I said. Okay, and that's why they stopped, and that's why they stopped them because her and the other thousand people behind her could have overrun them and kicked and stomped them to death, sir. <laughs> Come on, man, you can't be serious. You follow for this? That that's an insurrection. I mean, you can play the stupid music all you want. That's not going to change the truth, bro. If that if that was the insurrection, then the government was in jeopardy. At no point was it ever in jeopardy. Yeah, you know, play the Philippines are all you want. Uh, <laughs> the fact that uh, people stole the capital and they didn't take over the government, but that's an insurrection. Something that has to be put down violently. Sir, all I know is whatever you've been smoking, boy, I don't know what it's laced with. Car- Caroline Smalls was murdered in Brunswick, where Amar Arbery was by white cops. Okay, um, what what are you, sir? What, what is the point you're trying to make exactly? That cops need to stop what they are doing, or they'll be replaced by robots, and they'll okay. be police just the, like the rest of us. The woman you just named hey, was hey. she black or white? The woman you just named who Caroline Small? Yeah, she's white. So what is the point? You, white so white cops you brought up. Speed so you brought up Ashley, sir. You brought up Ashley Babbitt, and now you brought up this Caroline woman. What is your point by bringing up all these white women? What is the point you're trying to make? That bad cops need to be dealt with, whether they're white or black. Okay, so you're and trying like to make said, so you're trying to make don't stop. So the point you're trying to make don't. is that there's some equivalent between what happens with these white people and what's happened with black folks. Is, is that the point it's you're not, trying to make, sir? No, the point I'm trying to make is that if cops do not stop what they are doing, they will be replaced by robots. That will be programmed to police them like they police us. So, so everybody needs to get them on the right foot. The, the so-called good cops need to tell on the bad cops. That's the point. If we're not going to deal with it equally, then we're not going to get anywhere with it. I'm not saying I'm not absolving any cops for what they do when it's not necessary. But they took care of those guns for a reason. Brother, all I want to know is when you go, when the white folks come by your house, do they give you your watermelon in a plastic bag or do they give it to you on a plate? Bruh, I've been stopped by white and black cops. The only cop that's ever pulled a gun out on me looked like me. 
Brother, sir, at the Halloween parties in your neighborhood, do the white folks make you wear the little noose or do they make you wear the little slave I don't live around outfit? white people. I live around niggas. Sir, when the, when the, sir, sir, when the white folk invite you, Halloween. sir, do, when the white folk invite you to their party, do they call you Jamal or do they call you Leroy? <laughs> I don't go to white parties. Sir, I, 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 can't, I can't I imagine. go to work because I have a family. Sir, I'm sure you do go to work. It takes a whole lot of work to dance in, in Jiggly. It takes a lot of effort to do that. So. <laughs> That's about the most I can take here. So, like I say, the, the crack pipe is strong in this one. The crack pipe is strong in this one. I want to thank everyone who has contributed to support tonight's program. Here's my man, Keith. Thank you very much. Chadwick, Mr. Newman, Najee, Roberto, and Keith, thank you very much for your support tonight. We appreciate that. Let me get called from area code 504. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Good evening, Jason. This is G from New Orleans. G from New Orleans. What's on your mind? Well, I don't know how to follow or top that one, brother. But uh, let me just say this. Uh, about the subject at hand, which I think we should stay on, did you notice uh, with the video, and I hate this, obviously, the way this is hyped up because this was basically torture porn that the media, uh, you know, was waiting to release. But notice when we talk about protection, and I'm actually glad that that caller called up. There was a white cop that was involved with the stop of Mr. Nichols in the beginning who actually saved him, and even his stepfather was talking about it on ABC. Did you notice that they haven't even released his name and information right. yet, Jason? I mentioned that earlier, by the way. What about the, the, two, what about the two white cops? There's two of them. I won't say it was a man and a woman, but by the way, there were two white cops so far that I'm sure of. And no, that's what I mentioned. By the way, why haven't we talked about them? We haven't said anything about them. No. They protect them. They're protecting them. And it shouldn't take and how quickly this happened. In less than two weeks after this incident occurred, those officers were fired. The five black and that's a stretch calling them black. It's the five cops that were involved get fired. And we get the body camera footage, we get the stuff, we get the video camera footage released. It took nearly two years for us to find out what happened with Ronald Green up in Union Parish here in Louisiana. And he was beaten to death. So all of this stuff, I say that to say all this stuff about, well, we need time. We need to uh, go ahead and evaluate this. We need all of this to go. No, because obviously, if you saw the video footage from all of this, look what happened with Laquan McDonald when they when Ron Emanuel hid that, as well as the uh, a district attorney, the police chief that was a part of that, who was black. All of them, they all were guilty of that. And what makes this worse? And I saw Jason Shitlock on Fox Tucker Carlson trying to make this about uh, a black woman uh, and so forth. And I'm not defending. The, the police chief in this because, frankly, she put that scorpion unit together, and I hold her responsible in some way. But it doesn't surprise me when we get niggas like that, like him and Larry Elder, all these fools who are black people who know, especially somebody like Larry Elder, who's been around since the 40s, at least 
be born in the 1950s. They know that this stuff is going on. They've seen it. They witnessed it. And they're going to deny and say, well, it's not racist. There's no such thing as white supremacy. It's black. It's so, a couple a couple points I want to make. So, Ms. Davis, or Chief Davis, you you will you alluded to something, but let me give you this, uh, some, uh, another detail. Yes, she came from Atlanta, but on her resume, she ran the Red Dog Unit in Atlanta for a year. And anybody from Atlanta knows about the Red Dog Unit, and, and Red Dog stands for running every drug dealer out of Georgia. And everybody knows how, how, how grizzly they were. So it looks like some of those same tactics were employed in the Scorpion Unit. Well, here's my thing about same that, okay? I'm going to be just brutally honest with you all here. Every standing army needs to have some head buses in it and needs to have some brutes, and I don't have a problem with them going where that's called for. Now, if you got mm-hmm. some dude six foot five and 300 pounds and he's beating the tar out of everybody around you, oh, well, yeah, y'all can go give him the business. That, that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Skateboarders. We, we, we doing that? There's dudes out there in Memphis with AK-47s and AR-15s and, and, and the, the, the gun locks they put on, the, on, on their pistols. They're just up here and rapid fire them and every damn thing else. You got that going on in Memphis. Now, if you sitting up oh, here yeah. slam dunking them, we wouldn't have nothing to say. The real thing is we're weighing all, right. all the elements here. We're not stupid as a population. We know the difference between a threat to public safety. We know the difference between a hardcore criminal and threat to public safety and the annoyance that somebody's taking advantage of to get their jollies out on. Let me be very, very clear about that. You got some dudes sitting up here wreaking general havoc and, and mayhem, and he's just sitting up here doing everybody up on the block and whatnot, and he's whooping grandmas and things. Like, okay, well... Dude, they get ready to dance the Macarena all over you, so oh well, it is what it is. You wouldn't be hearing from us. We know the difference between somebody who's a threat to public safety. We know the difference between them hard-head neighborhoods where it goes down and even still it's got to be dealt with a certain way. So we know the difference between a neighborhood where it's just anything goes and when folks are taking liberties because we didn't understand that could be in the bus. See, it can't be any one of us with the AK-47. That ain't going to be any one of us. That's not going to be any one of us. That's not going to be any one of us. Not at all. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, and, you know, and three of those cops, uh, we call them COVID cops. They, they came with the force of 2020. Because our city is down five, 600 cops. It's been out there for a while. So, you know, I, I thought there was a rush to get people in there, to kind of get people on the street and get them acclimated real quickly. And this is kind of what we get when we, when we kind of dilute the, the pool. Because, you know, back in the day, you know, a cop, we, you know, we used to at least have some respect for him, you know, growing up. But now, they well, don't care. My brother, here's, the, care. here's the thing about it, though. When you go to other countries, they don't need a standing army like that. And what I'm telling you is when you go to other parts of the country, for example, you don't need standing armies like that. I've been to Seattle. 
I've been to Hartford, Connecticut. I've been to Martha's Vineyard. What I'm telling you is that when you economically deprive people, put them in a small isolated area with no resources, and then say the only way to get resources is to be the toughest and roughest and most vicious, you engineer that kind of situation. Whereas, as I explained here before, when you got FedEx and all these distribution hubs in Memphis, Tennessee, and Ford coming in to spend billions, take a look at what happened in Mason. The instant that Ford said, we want to build a plant near Mason, Tennessee, here comes the state of Tennessee just reflexively. Okay, we're here to engineer the situation. Y'all stand back. We at the state level, we're here to engineer. That tells you the condition of Memphis is not accidental. That's engineered. This is what they do right. to create that environment. So when you don't have people fighting and scrapping for resources like that, you don't have those issues. You don't have those problems. But you artificially create scarcity. You artificially create deprivation. And then everything else falls into place. Case in point, it does, it's not black folk. When you take a look, and I've told y'all about this for years, the five points in New York. Take a look at that five points neighborhood in New York. Went from the Irish to the Italians to black folk. Bodies all over the place with the Irish. Take a look at gangs of New, the movie, Martin Scorsese movie, Gangs of New York. Bodies all over mm -hmm. the place when the Irish were there. Bodies all over the place when the Italians were there. And remember, Al Capone was from New York originally, I believe. So when you take a look at that, then the black folk move in. So you, you engineer those circumstances and those conditions, and then you just let it fly. You engineer the circumstances and conditions, and you didn't just let it fly. You just sit back and let it run on its own. So when you stop doing that kind of thing, that stops. So believe it or not, yes, I'm bringing it back to this. This is just another argument for reparations. This is just another mm -hmm. argument for reparations. It really, really is. Because you don't have to have violent crime interdiction units like, where's the violent crime interdiction unit in Martha's Vineyard? Where's the violent crime interdiction <laughs> unit in Beverly Hills? Now, I just showed y'all, Dana White is smacking up his wife. The CEO of the San Francisco Giants is smacking up his old lady. Ezra Miller is out there running rampage in the Northeast. And yet, if, if anybody needs a violent crime interdiction force, it's Ezra Miller, if anybody needs it. And yet, you ain't seen it. So where is it at in these other places? Oh, first they're going to tell you, oh, we don't need that. Why don't you need it? Oh, we're not going to deprive you. I'm resources, so there's nothing, there's nothing to fight over. Because everyone is equally resourced. There's nothing to fight over. You, 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 you are, you are articulating that perfectly. Now, what I say, the, the abbreviated version that I say, that I've said for years, is Memphis's economics is like a lake versus other cities, other places, is like a river. It just flow, is in and out, but it's like a lake here. And another example that goes back to what you said, a lot of, like, part of the issue here here is people, there's no, people don't move on, it's not, people don't move on from job to job. Like other big major cities, you can leave a job and get another one and keep it moving. People here stay in these jobs 20 and 30 years because it's not as easy to job hop and, and, and keep it going without taking a loss, you know? And that goes back to what you just said. 
the economics is locked up and you got us in this in this little cage here, you know. Now I've been I've, that little area that had happened in, in Memphis, that, that happened in what's called the Hickory Hill area. It's Memphis, but it's the Hickory Hill. When I moved to Memphis, that area was bustling. The mall was bustling, the schools were great. I mean, I mean I remember we shot ball at, at, at Ross Elementary in the, in the in the yard down down the street from over there. I mean, I've been all over that area. For the past twenty years, the areas has have has fell off tremendously. Oh yeah. And that goes back to the economics. This is something thing, that you know? we need to document, to be totally honest, because everybody mm-hmm. talks about the yeah. white flight of the nineteen fifties and sixties. What they don't talk about is the white flight of the twenty first century. So you're seeing a situation where all the shopping malls you used to go to, for the most part, the white folk are either abandoning those or going to they're building new ones way out, away from everybody else. You know, when if you've been to Florida, mm-hmm. you take a look at where Disney World and Universal are, they're way out from everybody else. You gotta go drive an hour or whatever from the airport to get to it. You know, that's not accidental. So when you're seeing these kind of things, when too many black folk moving in and you got the ability to make some things happen, they the the strategy that is used is to yank out the resources. The strategy they use is as soon as black folk start taking control of an area, all right, suck out the resources. What good is it going to do you to have a bunch of black bodies and no money? So that's when you start seeing that kind of thing happen. Now, there are some places where it got turned in his ear. It didn't pop off the way they wanted to. They, they viciously wanted to make that apartheid deprivation happen that didn't occur. Atlanta is a good example. They tried to do it in Atlanta, and it didn't work. They tried to do it in Houston, mm-hmm. and we're currently seeing in Houston, it's turning around in Houston. It's not working to the point that now the state of Texas wants to build that high-speed rail between Dallas and Houston. That's them conceding, okay, to deprivation of resources ain't going to work. We got to try something else. So what are they doing? Bring in the illegals. That's the, that's plan B. Okay, the black folk are here. We can't squeeze them out like we want to. They're kind of getting together an economic foundation of their own. Bring, so we us abandoning these real estate is not an option. Case in point, um, back to Atlanta. Now, everybody who lives in Atlanta, y'all know I'm telling the damn truth. I've been to Atlanta many moon, been to Atlanta many moon, and Lenox Mall. Lenox Mall in Atlanta. Now, if you've ever stayed at the old Ritz Carlton, I think they call it the Whitley now, right across the street from Lenox Mall. If you ever on one of the higher floors, you can see every damn thing. You can see Buckhead right there by the mall. You can see Buckhead. You can see um, the Mandarin Oriental, I want to say. You can see that one from there. So what I'm saying is Malcolm X, Malcolm X's prophecies have kind of come to pass here when he said they could abandon their schools and they could abandon their old houses, but can they abandon their jobs? I will replace that with economy. Can they abandon their economy the way they did their houses? If they attempted to abandon that area where Linux Mall is, they wouldn't have nothing. You can't get up and take that away. You can't get up and abandon the old Ritz-Carlton, now the Whitley. You can't get up and abandon the Mandarin Oriental. You can't just get up and leave that. And in, in Midtown and Downtown Atlanta, you can't get up and just abandon the W. You can't get up and abandon the Western downtown. You can't do that. You can't do it. 
They're too big. Mm-hmm. They're too expensive. You can't liquidate their value. And if you leave it, somebody's going to be there tomorrow to buy it and capitalize off of it. So all you really did was abandon your economy. It's now going to be making money for somebody else. So you can't abandon your economic foundation the way you could abandon your schools and your houses. So you got to do something different now if you're going to prevent black people from being able to have any sort of uh, inheritance land, bring in somebody else to stand in their way. Thank you very much for giving us a call tonight. Let me get caller from area code 619. You're on live with Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Keisha, and I'm calling from San Bernardino, California. All right, Keisha and San Bernardino, what's on your mind? I am just calling. I wanted to note uh, the part of the video where one of the white officers, he wasn't directly included in the beatdown, but he did say, I hope they stopped his so-and-so. So that was the part of the video to where one of the officers was trying to keep putting water in his eyes to help him get the um, mace or spray Well, out here's the thing. As police officers... He is supposed to, um, what do they call it? He, he's, he's failing to um, inter- intervene. He's failing to intervene in the commission of a crime. Well, he knows the commission of a crime. Did he write a report? Did he do anything? This is failure to intervene. Clearly, he should at least be charged with that. It's like, okay, even if you weren't involved directly with the events, you were, you were, you were an accessory after the fact. You're aware of this, and you failed to intervene. When he saw that, he's supposed to be going around slapping cuffs on the rest of them. That didn't happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was what I wanted to point out tonight. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you very much for giving us a call here tonight. And he's, he's guilty of failure to intervene. If they had sat there and beat the damn brakes off of a 145-pound white female, would he have responded like that? You all tell me, if those five dudes had just beaten the brakes off of a 145-pound white female, would he have responded the same way? Caller from Erico 412, you're on live with Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Good evening, Jason. My name is Robert. I'm calling from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Enjoying your, you're such a value to this community, and I respect you for that. The caller who was a recipient of the code music, he is a perfect example of not being aware of a common front code. I feel sorry for his children. The police are another example of people turning their back on being on code. They're in a powerful position to stand up for justice, but they didn't. They were just caught up in, hey, this is my job. I want to keep my job, and I don't care about this person. I'm going to degradate him and beat him down. It is a given that every mechanism from politics, economy, economic, and social are geared toward the destruction of the melanated people in this country. So it's incumbent upon everybody to try to recognize that and to deal with that appropriately. Um, and that's and that, you know that's that's the only thing I want I want to lay my plane there, but they should have known better than that. That's a perfect example of people not being on code because you wouldn't have other ethnicities doing that to your people. You wouldn't, but you have these four officers. You try to win favor on the very few that's oppressing them to take another man's life like that. 
You know, it's been said that for you to be in love with the very people who's trying to support you brings about people's opinion of you being mad or insane. Thank you for your call, and I respect you for everything that you're doing. Thank you, brother. Thank you for your call. We appreciate that. And definitely what they do here is that, you know, it's one of those situations where you got to understand if they're doing it that long, if they're doing it that long, that is because basically the rule is as long as you don't get caught or as long as you don't get punished, you get celebrated, you get out of boys. I mean, yeah, as long as you don't get caught or punished or Man, look here, they, they high-fiving. What did they tell you? They were fist-bumping each other after the fact. Now, what does that tell you? That tells you that to them it's a sport and it's us against you. It's not us with you, it's us against you. It's us against you. So, the... As long as they can get away with it and they can pull it off, man, they get fist bumps and pat on the backs and a boy. That's how it goes down. What went wrong for them is too many cameras and you were too blatant with it. See, in the system of white supremacy, you have to be subtle. You got to give them plausible deniability. You have to give them something to argue with reality over. You can't beat somebody for seven, eight minutes. You can't sit on somebody's neck for eight minutes and and, and then sit up here and claim, oh, well, you see, what happened was you're too damn blatant with it. You're too blatant. In a system of white supremacy, you're off code when you're too blatant. That's the problem. That was the mistake all of them have made. Everybody who's gotten themselves indicted and jailed, you were too blatant. You got to do that on the slick. You got to do that on the slick. You can't sit up here and be front and center. I mean, yes, everybody got your back, but we only got your back if you if if you if you do it on the on the sneak. You gotta do it on the slick. There's gotta be some plausible deniability. Can't be a bunch of witnesses sitting around. You can't drag a nigga out in the middle of Interstate 285 and start beating on it. That, no, no. You have the authority, but eh, you about to buzz up the bag for everybody. You can't, you can't do it like that. You got to take him back behind the alley over there. Get back to the old days. You got to take him back behind the alley. You got to take him back behind the alley. You got to do that. You gotta sit up here and do it that way. You gotta, you gotta do it behind the scenes. You gotta dash the dash camera. Gotta be turned in a different direction. Your, your your body camera gotta be turned in a different direction. You gotta do it the right way. You can't be so blatant with it. Just notice the folks who are getting punished. Those are the ones who are being too damn blatant. You see, you're not a competent operative of white supremacy if you're so blatant. When you start pulling the cover off of it, you're no longer a useful tool to the system. You're not useful to the system when you start revealing the system and uncovering and exposing the system. You can't do it. Correct. They just, they got sloppy. They got too sloppy, too complacent. Hey, we've been doing this for a minute. We always win. 
You're, you're, you're too blatant with it. You can't do that. See, if you're going to sit up here and keep exposing the system, you're robbing us of our ability to say that white supremacy doesn't exist. Because what they're going to do next, the governor of Tennessee and the mayor of Memphis, they're going to go and tell you white supremacy doesn't exist. It's not there. There is no systemic racism. There is no institutionalized white supremacy. There is no institutionalized oppression of black people. It doesn't exist. So you see, when you do it like this, where they got you on five body cameras and three dash cameras and somebody out their window with their cell phone, when you do it like this, hey, you blew our cover. How are we going to argue that this doesn't exist? Now we got to do you. Now we got to ship you down the river. We got to do it to you now. You, don't, you, 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 you took it from us. You took it from us. You took it from us. You've been so blatant now, we have to dispose of you. And by disposing of you, we now get to make the new argument. Well, there were some bad apples, but there is no systemic white supremacy because you see, we very quickly got rid of the bad apples. See? And we talking about, what about this whole damn barrel of apples over here? You done took two apples out and there's 500 sitting in the damn barrel over here. What about all the other 498? Oh, well, we're doing an investigation. We'll get back to you on that. Yeah, the bad apples were sitting up here busting windshields. You got to stay on code. On code means you must be subtle. You can't be blatant. Once you become too blatant, now we got to do you to protect the system. Now the system has to get jettison you in order to protect itself. Call it Miracle 206. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, good night. Jason? Okay, what is your name? Where are you calling from? Um, my name is Dean, calling from Trenton. Um, I have to come on tonight because I gotta tell something, bro. I mean, I've been listening to your program for a while now. Uh, most of your girls stuff, you know, talk about all different girls, this girl, that. I, I like this network for entertainment. But tonight, Call me code 248. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Um, this is Andrea from Detroit. Andrea from Detroit. What's on your mind? So, real quick, um, that Paul, two things I wanted to ask, or to one statement, one uh, question. But that Paul Pelosi thing you brought up, that was weird. I put it in the chat. I, they made it seem like mainstream media, which I really don't watch, made it seem like it was just some stranger broke in his house and hit him in the head with a hammer. I'm just now seeing the video you showed. He's holding the martini in his drawers. He clearly knew that guy. And so I just was, that was just a little funny uh, side note that I just wanted to bring up because mainstream media has told a dope, totally different antidote than what we just saw in that video. But anyway, and the second question was, where do they find these fucking coon cops? I'm in Detroit, right? I mean, I'm, I'm actually in the suburb outside of Detroit, but no one knows Southfield, so it is what it is. But, um, you know, I, it's too, 
blatant examples of Detroit cops talking about our own people when that state a state trooper like tased a young boy like 15 who's on ATV. I know crime is a century like trying to outrun them can only go 30 miles an hour with show about you know unintelligent not unintelligent just you know he's 15 so he's, he's gonna do stupid stuff. So he tases this boy out the window and then one of the coon cops he's a he's like he was a captain or something or sergeant. They all he was a grown ass man. He was a grown man. I'm not calling his mama. What? And then worst of all, we have our, I think he's interim chief now. I don't know what his position, but he's something now. Another white cop, like, assaulted a black cop because the black cop had money because he just, like, sold his house. So he pulled out a big wad of money, and they were all in training and in plain clothes. But I can't believe the white cop didn't know that the black cop was a black cop because they were all in, like, a training session, some sort of training session. So everybody was in plain clothes. Why else would he be there if he was just some hood on the street? So now the white cops finally get charged. This was like three years ago, I want to say. He's getting charged. And the coon interim chief was like, oh, well, it's illegal to have that large amount of money on you. So I understand why the white cop thought it was suspicious. Well, you know, I'm not, I'm, about Paul Pelosi, I've heard other folks imply that before. There's only a couple of glitches with that story. Dude is literally outside the house he shows up he takes the hammer and is smashing in the back window they got that on surveillance video too so they were they released that video too he's literally taking the hammer and smashing in the back the back door he's literally sitting there about a minute smashing on it so i didn't play that video earlier i'm playing it for you all now so you all can see it but when he showed up he, he didn't go through the front door he's in the back door and he smashed it with a hammer and, you know, the man's like 80. I mean, Paul Pelosi is not a young fella. He's like 80 years old. So he well, certainly... Up, I think he run out the door and go, help me. This guy just smashed in my door. He's 80 years old. How much running you expect him to do? And he was... And he was I mean, we're not... <laughs> and, he was, and he was holding the hammer. There is an argument to be made that he had talked the fella... I mean, like, for example, because I get nuts call me all the time. And... You know, if you sit there and they just really want to be acknowledged, they don't realize, nigga, you done busted in my damn back window. I mean, how many celebrities have you seen females do that with? They break into their houses and stuff. Remember Chris Brown, chick broke into his house. Michael Jackson, you had folk break into the houses. So, dude, wherever the hell he's flipped out from, you know, there's been no evidence whatsoever that this guy knew Pelosi already. If they could have uncovered that, they would have shown that. Well, he's standing in his drawers. I'll be damned. It's the middle of the night. I mean, yeah, and you know, Grandpa and old folk go to sleep at like six in the evening, so yeah, I'm sure he was down <laughs> for the night, so yeah, and dudes busting in the door and things, because let me tell you, if you come banging on my back door with a hammer, I'm coming out with my hammer. One of them was made for a nail, the other one was made for nailing other people. I'll just leave it at that. So he's lucky he was at the Pelosi residence. If he had been at the black residence, this whole story goes radically differently. It's over very quickly. <laughs> Ain't no need for the police. Just bring the meat wagon. But most likely what happened is, you know, you're older. The hearing ain't working right. They, your wife is elderly as hell. You know, bust out the back window. Dude is up in the house with a hammer. You telling yourself, well, hey, I'm the husband of the speaker of the house. Ain't nobody going to mess with me. And then you found out one evening, oh, we can come mess with you. So dude is in there. He's probably talking and rambling. Pelosi's like, oh, just calm down, this, that, and the other. 
And on the sneak, he called now we got the 911 call. That was released weeks ago. So on the sneak, he's called 911. So they're aware this fellas at the house, they want to come take a look at it. He gets up to go to the front door. Now old boy is worried. Hey, why are you trying to go to the door? Hey, are those police lights outside? Why are you trying to go to the door? So he got to the door enough and he grabs the hammer on that end. Remember, once again, he's 80 years old. This dude, the other dude, he's not, he's, Pelosi's not a little man, but he's 80 years old. The other fella is obviously bigger, fatter, heavier, and more determined to be dangerous. So, yeah, Pelosi's got one end of it, but the dude grabs the hammer with both hands to get it out of the way. He's like, hey, I'm determined to whack you with this thing before I leave. So you got an elderly fella, you know, up against one man gang sitting up here in the house. He was able to keep him calm until the police showed up. Once the police showed up, dude realizes, oh, hell, the jig is up. Well, let me go ahead and see if I can do you something real quick since they interrupted my plans. So let me go ahead and try to do something. Now that they've done that, so most likely that was what happened. He most likely got up. He was able to talk the guy down because that was occurring. All the evidence pretty much leads in that direction. But there's no evidence yet that anybody has released that he knew this guy already. So but as far as being in the middle of the night and stuff like that, I mean, yeah, it's the middle of the night. Yeah, dude is up, you know, he's in his underwear. Remember when when them when fellas broke into, um, what's his name, from UGK? Uh, Bun B's house. Remember, he was in the bathroom when that dude broke in his house. And it was the, like the middle of the afternoon. He was in the bathroom. Old Bum B came running out with his jaws around his ankles with his gun. So that's the diff that's the difference that. between me and Pelosi. That's the difference between Bum B and Pelosi. Yeah, you coming out, who what is you doing? We coming out like, hey, you ain't gonna hear us say nothing. You ain't gonna hear us say nothing. I brought you my candy bar. That's the only thing I'm coming to. You brought your hammer, I brought my Kit Kat. King size. <laughs> That's all it's going to be. That's all it's going to be. Thank you very much for giving us a call. Let me get caught. In case earlier, uh, my cousin is actually uh, one of the police they terminated. Uh, but my question is not about him. My question is just about people that work in law enforcement and military in general. When these black people, black men and black women come through the ranks, and rank up, how should we look at them in the system of white supremacy, the fact that these people are able to gang rank and move up and get, you know, certain positions within the military, within law enforcement? Should we look at them with a suspicious eye? Or yes. should we be like, hey, we need black people in that? Look, the, these systems are entirely too complex. They're entirely too large. And they are entirely too I don't want to say infiltrated because it's not infiltrated, but it's too structured and set up with the very people who are out to get us. So if you do have a black person who, quote unquote, manages to rise to the ranks, it isn't because he's super cop. It is because he's been right. selected. The general public right. don't know who he is, but the, the white folks who elevated him, they chose him because he's not a threat either because he has more hostility towards black folk than the white folk do, 
or because they know he's just a sock puppet who'll do whatever they tell him. So he's so docile that he'll do whatever he's told. So you got the ones who openly hate you. So it's like, okay, he's no threat to us because he hates what we do. Or the other one that, well, he's not, he doesn't have that hostility, but he'll just go along with whatever we tell him. Right. So right, because um, at best, at best, they're turning a blind eye to some of the things that are going on in that system. And at worst, like the, the police that you're speaking about, they're participating in it actively. Well, I mean, think about, it, think about it like this. On the one hand, you'll have the the Chicago chief of police who ain't doing the damn thing. That's what you'll have on the one hand. On the other one, you'll have Sheriff David Clark. So that's pretty much what you end up with when these folks are allowed right. to choose who's in charge of your law enforcement, your military operations. You pretty much end up with that. One who is running out, calling right. her nigga, 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 and another one who's like, well, you know, I'll see if we can talk to some folks about this, you know. It's, but don't worry, I'll take a look into it for you there. And, you know, you, you're doing good. How's your grandma? The guy ain't asked about my grandma. I'm talking about this over here. Right. So that, that's pretty much the two classes that you have. If you do make it very clear that you are not in line with the program, they're going to come up with a way to ease your ass out the door. If you're too big of a threat to get eased out, you're going to get tossed out. Simple as that. Mm-hmm. Now you said your cousin was involved. Yeah, just, you said your cousin was involved in the Ronald Green case. Yeah, he's the one. Uh, the, of course, the black officer that brought the uh, lawsuit. Um, okay, he was the whistleblower. Like you said, you said it right. Yeah, they got him up out of there. They 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 railroaded him and put all kind of charges and and just made up some white not say so, you know, uh, stuff that wasn't even in the handbook and and, and bounced him up out of there. You know, so he has to suit on him now. You know, they trying to, you know, do some stuff to them now, but they, they got them up out of there, just like you said. Okay, well, just like you said. Definitely, um, and what's he doing about it? Well, he, he had the suit out um, recently, I want to say within like the last month or so. He just had another um, hearing or trial or whatever in court, and uh, they offered like a settlement. Okay, um, now that, that, was was what, that was what I was waiting to hear. As I understand okay. it, they offered him, I want to say 200000 Well, I may be wrong about it that. It was 200000 yeah. yeah. I must say mm-hmm. 200000 and he declined it. He has stated, in, if this is your cousin, he has stated emphatically that mm-hmm. he wants to take this all the way to federal court. He wants to take this to trial. He does not want to settle. So he told them, I don't know why you're bringing right. me a settlement. I'm not trying to settle. I want to take this all the way. That's exactly what we need. So definitely, if you're in touch right. with him, brother, uh, get a hold of him. And we would definitely like to talk to him about that. Because that's the kind of thing that we need is folk who are like, hey, I ain't here to settle. I'm here to run this all the way through. We're putting all of y'all on the stand. Yeah. We're putting all of you on trial. Everybody getting aired out. This is why we can't usually can't break these systems at these departments because folks settle without taking it to court. So they fire a few officers or even put them in jail, but the folks who are in management and administration who are overseeing the plantation, they get to stay. So you never get to a point of breaking the system. So in this case, I, I saw an interview with him. If this is the same one, I'm pretty sure it is. But I saw an interview with him. He was talking about the, um, you know, the major of them there, the uh, uh, state police was telling him, well, you know, just, you know, don't want to make noise and keep your head low and basically telling him that. And he was just like, yeah, we're, we're right. not, we're not going to do that. 
he was he was basically warning him that if he makes waves on this, he's going to find himself he don't, he don't by himself. Corey just, I didn't mean to cut you off, Jason. He 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 pretty, you know, you know, he, he pretty solid with it. You know, I talked to him, you know, at least once a week, and um, he he he's pretty dead set on maxing this thing on out as far as it can go because of you know. You know, he really had intentions on being a quote-unquote, whatever that means, good cop. Um, detective, he had, you know, kind of risen through the ranks. That's why I asked you that question. And um, they railroaded him. He was like, hey, we're not supposed to be doing this to people. And the whole, from top to bottom in that department, just blanketed it and covered it right on up. And um, he was like, hey, man, that's not right. We swore oath to do X, Y, and Z. And I experienced a little bit of that when I was in the military. I'm thinking we have, this is when I was young, I was 20. We all have on the same quote unquote jersey. We're supposed to be on the same team. I didn't really understand why the person did that term. So sometimes I put them to the side um, and try to explain a couple of things. I shoot some shit in his ear sometimes, and he and he soaked it on up. But he already kind of got that spirit of taking the thing, you know, to the end zone. You know, that's why you want to move with it. Well, definitely, if you can here, you know, definitely get in touch with him. I like to hear from him. Okay. You know, I definitely, know. definitely, I'd like to definitely get a hold of him and let him know I'd like to hear from him. So I, I would, I would love to speak okay. about that in the video. Thank you. The Black Authority at Yahoo.com. That's my email address. The Black Authority at Yahoo.com. Got it. Got it. Okay. Thank you very much for the call. Like I said, I'd definitely like to talk to him about that. That's some riding. I'd definitely like to talk to him about that. And that's the kind of thing that we need. That's the kind of thing that we need. We need to have folks who are like, hey, I'm not trying to settle nothing. I ain't trying to settle nothing. That's what everybody sits up here and tries to do here. They sit up here and they know, okay, well, can we just go ahead and throw a settlement away and then they sweep everything up under the rug? They sit up here and sweep everything up under the rug. We don't need any more of that. We need some folk who sit up here and make it clear, hey, we ain't going to have it. We're going to take this all the way. And him, he's got um, a white female attorney, and she was talking the same talk he was. So it appears, at least at this juncture, that he's got an attorney who is on the same page he is, and she's like, hey, let's go ahead and we, we're going to take it all the way. That's what the hell you need. If you're going to break a system, that's what you need. That's what you need. So I would definitely like to talk with him. Let me get called from Erico 312. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Dave from Chicago. All right, Dave from Chicago. What's on your mind, bro? Uh, I'm... Um, I've been listening for a while now, and um, and I'm listening how you break it down. But I've been through a situation like that before when I was walking years ago, when I was a teenager, and that shit is common. You know, I'm in Chicago, so that shit is that shit is common like a motherfucker, man. And, you know, I saw that video myself, and you know what I'm saying? And it's like pretty no way to justify that type of shit though. You know what I'm saying? But I did find it interesting that 
by those black cops. I knew they were going to charge their ass quickly because, of course, they black. But the white ones, you can't even get no info on them or you got to damn near tear the whole country up for them to even get some justice. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, that, that was just... That was just my statement, but I know out here in Chicago, they've been they, they've been doing that for years, and and there've been times, me personally, when I was out there, you know what I'm saying? They they'll tell you like, hey, look, if you run or you act like you're gonna get smart, you know they'll beat your ass, or probably put that or probably put that pipe on you. Chicago, that come from the background. Chicago is one of the most openly corrupt city administrations I've ever seen, if not the most openly corrupt. I wouldn't even bother wasting my time filing a police complaint in Chicago. I wouldn't even waste my time. Who the hell you filing it with? Who the hell you filing it with? So you really got to wait till the Laquan McDonald type situation where somebody is either dead or great bodily harm, because for like anything less than that, who the hell are you filing with? Well, that whole system is crooked from the bottom to the top. Look what they did to R. Kelly in broad ass daylight. Look what they did for Jesse Smollett in broad daylight. I mean, who you who you going to? Who you going to? And listen, will you file a, and listen, will you file a police report? Will you file will you when you file a grievance against these police officers, let me, let me tell you something, man. You you can if you ain't got the if you ain't got a bag put up, you can really forget about it. And and, and even if they even if they do do some about it, it's really gonna be a slap on the wrist anyway. The only the only time they do some about it if if you take matters in your own hands and fuck one of them up because I've been I I did time with niggas who um. Who, uh, who, who, uh, who, had, who, who had took matters in their own hands. And that dude, Quan McDonald, I grew up with that dude. I went to school with that dude. You know what I'm saying? We grew up, literally grew up in the same neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? So when I saw that, when I saw the video, I, I still remember that like it was yesterday. When I saw the video, when I was locked up, what they did to Quan McDonald, because then nobody know who killed him. Everybody, everybody in the city at the time thought it was somebody else. Thought it was somebody in the streets that did it. Then nobody even know the police even did it because it wasn't, it wasn't even no cameras in the area. You know what I'm saying? And we were like, damn. Every corner in Chicago got cameras. I think that's Chicago the real like crazy part, part about it. When you sitting up here, Jesse Smollett showed you that all this quote unquote unsolved murders in Chicago—that's bullcrap. The Jussie Smollett case That's showed you that they, they, when Jussie Smollett acted like he had a case against, he was going to indict the city of Chicago, essentially, for being MAGA town. Man, they said, hey, back up off us real quick. Y'all never seen, they pulled out every single piece of camera. They basically followed the dudes from point A to point B. You, They basically followed them from when they came out to when they assaulted them, allegedly. They basically were by camera. They could just show you every block they went down. Now, how the hell is it you could do that with Justin Smollett, and yet you can't do that every damn weekend? As blatant as it is out here, no, that's not possible. You, between Chicago and New York, it's one thing if you come from a mid-sized city like I do. It's one thing if you come from a place like Shreveport, Louisiana. 
where it makes the news when we put up police cameras in Shreveport. In Chicago, that ain't news. They've been doing that for decades. There's cameras every damn where. Let me tell you something. If you pop a cop in Chicago, they're going to have cameras from point A to point B. They're going to have every camera everywhere to show what you did. But every weekend, ooh, we ain't got nothing. We don't know what happened over there. I'll let you have the last word. Um, and yeah, so I'm so I do feel sorry for the brother though, man. You know what I'm saying? And uh, my last thing is, uh, a lot of these cops do be um hire other people to do their dirty work, whether they black or white, whatever. So that's all I got left, and I'm gonna continue to listen to the program which you uh dropping. Thank you very much for giving us a call here tonight. Um, Judah Queen, you're absolutely right. They got damn me traffic cameras everywhere to give your ass tickets for running red lights. They got traffic cameras everywhere. But when a murder happens, ooh, we can't find nothing. Don't know how to find it. Don't know where you're at. Can't track it down. Can't find it. That's what happens there. Caller from area code 406. You're on live with Black Channel. What's your name? Where you calling from? What's good? That's good. You can hear me. Call Miracle 708. You're on live with Black Channel. What's your name? Where you calling from? TDA. This is James from Chicago. James from Chicago. What's on your mind? Uh, I just uh, wanted to piggyback off of what that other uh, caller from Chicago was saying. And you're exactly right. Anytime you talk about the corruption in Chicago, to me, I think Chicago is like the real-life version of Gotham City because of how corrupt it is. When you talk about the cameras, that's one thing that a lot of people don't talk about because there are so many cameras, and people from Chicago get so many tickets and boots, and their car gets towed that uh, traffic court, if you have to go to traffic court, you pretty much have to call off for the whole day. You can't do anything for the whole day because traffic court stays so jammed because so many people get tickets. They get mil- Chicago, the city, gets millions and millions of dollars just off of tickets alone. There are cameras everywhere. There's police everywhere writing tickets. Now, when it's like a holiday weekend or whatever the case, there's 100 people get shot, no suspects, nobody knows anything. The police just don't know what to do. And Lori Lightfoot, her excuse is, oh, well, we just got to give the, the, the cops more money. That's it. The cops need more money. They even have this radar that, like, senses, like, gun sh- gunshots. So when a shot goes off, they know what type of gun it is, and they know where the shot is coming from. Yeah, they, 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 they have those, they have those, those resources. I forget what those systems are called, but basically another, uh, another treat that came over from the Gulf War systems to tell them where the bullets or where gunshots are coming from, where they're originating from, down to the block. Now, they originally said they put those in for New Year's Day to try to stop folks from shooting in the air on New Year's. But with as much as they've been doing and whatnot, it's like, no, it's a grab. They're taking the money and running off with it. And meanwhile, and one more thing here, I'm going to say this because the more I see it, the more I, the more I see it, the more I can't help but believe it. I do not believe that all these damn shootings are random. I don't believe they're random, and I don't believe they're gang-related. 
I don't believe that you you got too many of them going on too often, too long, and too much, and too quote unquote unsolved. You just got five or six folks just getting shot all over the damn place. That's not accidental. 10, 12 people getting shot. That's not accidental. When that happens with the Asians in California, they grab somebody. It happens in Chicago. Ooh, we don't know what happened. Exactly. Exactly. Most of the people around here, we pretty much know where, you know, the gangs, there is crime. Don't get me wrong. We know what happens. And when I'm telling you on these holiday weekends, when you hear like 60 plus people got shot all around the city and nobody knows anything, that's because it's not us. It's not coming from the neighborhood. It's people just doing crazy drive-bys. The police never catch these people. These people are coming from outside the neighborhoods in mysterious unmarked vehicles. Some, sometimes people take like videos of it. It just be drive-bys and the police say that these are all gang related and none of the gangs know nothing about it because they always locking up gang members. So if the gangs knew about it, we would know. So there's no, that's what it is. It's, it's them. There's white supremacy doing it. I want y'all to understand something. Now I mentioned this earlier today. You're living in a nation where Whitey Bulger was working with the government. As soon as they caught him, he didn't make it a year in prison before he was dead. All them decades they were looking for him, one of their most wanted, he didn't make it a year before he was dead. Jeffrey Epstein didn't make it six months. He didn't make it six months. Now, if that's what they're willing to do to these people, what the hell are they willing to do to us? I'm saying the period point blank. If that's what they're willing to do to them, and you know damn well that don't add up. That doesn't add up. How Whitey Bulger go from being America's most wanted? Y'all been going all these decades, then I made movies about him and every damn thing else. Black mass and everything else. You can make movies and everything else about him. When you finally do catch him, next thing you know, he just dead under mysterious circumstances. He's just dead. Jeffrey Epstein, just dead. Nipsey Hussle, we still waiting for that to go to trial. All these years later, how in the hell is it that that's possible? Chicago, there's shootings every weekend and whatnot. You got to understand, Black folk in Chicago is is, is is dug in strong in Chicago. I've been there. Bronzeville, everything else, I, I've been there. Black folk is in there strong. And you got black folk in neighborhoods where they got these old ass, you know, great big two and three story houses. I got them on video. It's not what somebody else told me. It's what I've seen. So I know what I'm dealing with in a neighborhood where black folk been there for decades and decades. You got big ass houses and you see one or two white folk moving in. So I'm like, okay, it's one or two white folk moving in, but these black folks is different. They ain't really trying to sell all their property like that. They might lose it if somebody get on the pipe, but short of that, they ain't really trying to sell their property off like that. It's not like New York City. It's not like New York where everybody's trying to offer you a $2 million bag and tell you, hey, get on. So you're not going to be able to clear out Chicago the way that you were able to clear out these other places, you're not going to be able to do that. 
with Chicago, you don't have to do this by hand. And there are plans on top of plans. I've talked about it. Chicago's got a damn neat 30 year plan right now with a whole bunch of places. They started in that Cabrini Green area and spreading out from there. And when they said, okay, well, what we're going to do here is we're going to go ahead and put up this whole booze. Okay, I get it. I get it. But by the same token, I understand Whole Foods isn't there anymore. That was the shot across your bow. I get it. You think they're done? No, they're not done. But they don't just want a piece of it. They want the whole damn enchilada. What Bob Barker said to Adam Sandler in that movie, Adam Sandler told me, you want a piece of me? Piece of you? I want the whole thing. They coming for the whole thing by any means necessary. And the police are there to, to clear the landscape. Said, y'all got to go. Y'all got to go. Not next year. You got to go now. You got to go now. So if you're going to get black folk up out of there, nothing short of domestic terrorism is going to get the job done. Nothing short of domestic terrorism is going to get that job done. Not for the black folk in Chicago, you ain't. Maybe the black folk in Kansas. Maybe them tactics will work in Kansas. That's not going to work in Chicago. It's not going to work in Chicago. If you're going to get at them and you're going to get them out the way, you're going to have to do that by hand. You're going to have to do it by hand. And you're going to have to do it super heavy. You're going to have to strip mine all the resources, but that's going to be hard because we didn't have very many resources to begin with in Chicago. And I'll be damned. They made good times about Cabrini Green in Chicago, so... That ain't going to work. We're going to ruin the education system. Well, we never really had one of them either, so that ain't going to work. We'll gut the industrial area. Well, you already did that. That ain't going to work. What you going to do? You don't have the physical properties to take like that. Well, now, so what are you going to do? Only thing you can do is try to terrorize them out. That's all you can do. Next up is doing like they did in New York City back in the 70s, start burning things down. Like they did in New York and then Philadelphia. That's the only next thing you can do after that, start burning down. That's it. But black folks in Chicago, you're not going to be able to just run them off easy. That's why you keep seeing this over and over again. No, I do not believe for a single moment that that's natural events. Not at all. I'll let you have the last word. I want to say uh, thank you. Um... The broadcast, no, not the broadcast, the film you did on gentrification, when you brought up Inglewood and how Inglewood is being gentrified, I feel like all of your audience who's listening to me, they need to watch that film because you were talking about the Whole Foods. Now, they recently closed that down, but they're still gentrifying Chicago, so it's very important for you all to watch that. TBA, you're doing an amazing job. Keep doing what you're doing, brother, and be one to you. Black first, but thank you very much for giving us a call here tonight. Let me get caller from area code 312. You're on live with the Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Dion from Chicago, Illinois. Uh, Dion from Chicago. What's on your mind? Yeah, these brothers calling in from Chicago. They're speaking 100. They're telling the truth. But don't sleep on the south suburbs of Chicago. It's going down heavy in Harvey, Illinois, Calumet City, Illinois, Markham, Illinois, Lansing, Illinois. Hazelcrest, Country Club Hills. It's terrible out here. Police doing the same thing. Same thing. What happened to them? Yeah. 
is 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 crazy. Is Riverside north or south? I want to. I want to say south. Am I wrong? You mean Riverdale? Yeah, Riverdale, Illinois. Yeah. Is south. Okay, no, that's, that's like south. Northwest. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's south. You know, you go across that bridge. There's that big ass bridge that goes over the uh, train tracks, and then there you are. Uh, yeah, Riverdale. Okay, I'm. I'm, I'm Y'all, I've been summoned. I know. I've been summoned. I've been summoned everywhere, y'all. I've been summoned everywhere. So it's y'all forgive me. It's kind of running together. That's why when I get folk on the phone, we're from different areas. I gotta get them to set me straight because I've been there so long. But um, like I say, I don't know. On the one hand, in there too. On the absolutely. On the one hand, I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna let you make whatever point you want to make. All I'm gonna say is a lot of folks have got comfortable now. A lot of folks don't got comfortable down there, and that that leaves you kind of wide open. And I guess they feel like, well, we ain't really on the south side, so our neighborhood's a little bit quieter. And as far as I can tell, everybody's in the crosshairs down there, man. And it's it's a beautiful place down there. It's, it's a beautiful place, nice neighborhood, and things like that. And what I'm saying is, when you have a nice neighborhood filled with black folks, don't you know the only thing a nice neighborhood filled with black folks is good for is filling with white folks. That's the only thing a black a good neighborhood black folks is good for. So it's like, hey, you got to go. True, and it's just like you said about the gentrification. They pushed everybody from the city out here, and that's why everything is where it is. Oh yeah, and all the new, all um, for folks who don't live there, so you're we're aware of this. You see what they do on the north side. You see now they want to deal that build, build that Lincoln Yards because it ain't good enough that New York City got Hudson Yards. We got Lincoln Yards now. We got Nashville Yards in Nashville. So you know where this is going. You know where this is going. So basically, they're putting up this gigantic economic barrier to permanently protect the North Side, to hold the wealth in and permanently protect that West, that North Side with an economic barrier. So between that and Sears Tower, well, the old Sears Tower, um, and uh, Trump Tower and and all that. That's it. The North Side and the city, the uh, Lake Lake Side, all that area up there. That's this is to permanently block that off, henceforth and forevermore. That's it. In the words of Dr. Claude Anderson, it'll be frozen this way. It'll be frozen this way. So from the North Side to the Willis Towers. And at that point right there, it becomes a hop, skip, and a jump. They're building all these little subdivisions, all these little developments. Heading on south is very obvious what they're doing. Very obvious what they're doing. They're not doing it as much around the stadium. I remember they built something over there. It's not as much around there, but they're heading straight south. It's obvious what they're doing is they just plan on walking. They're basically rebuilding the city starting from the north and just walking south. And what they'll do is push everybody out, send up the damn rents, send up the uh, property tax values. And next thing you know, what you said, you'll be priced out to the South. Here's the problem. There isn't enough housing or anything else to, to, to carry that many people to the South of town. So what's gonna happen is what's happening in New York, getting evicted from your house in Chicago very soon. That's not an eviction from that house. It's an eviction from the city. 
you're basically going to be evicted from the city itself because where are you going to go? All that new stuff they're building, brother, you know, they're trying to match New York. Even They talk about the shootings in Chicago, but every damn new thing they build is $2,000 to $2,500 a month. Yeah, but you want to know what's crazy out here? All the Latinos buying up all the property and all the houses. Oh, yeah. They buying them up. They buying them. They squatting in them and they buying them up. Oh, yeah. They, they brought them here to do that. That's the whole point. They flipping it over. They flipping it over. So everybody else got endemic poverty when you're black, except them. These folks here, fresh off the boat, fresh across the border. Biden is flying them in from Texas now. We don't have enough time to wait till they walk their way up here. We got to fly them up here. Boom, set them up. You get free health care, free education. Here's a Section 8 voucher. And that's that forfeiture. Because you see, if you're driving down the uh, 65, I mean, the Dan Ryan in uh, Chicago and got $10,000 in cash in your pockets, they're going to grab that? They're going to grab that? Oh, yeah. If you got $10,000, even if you got a damn mirror receipt, you got $10,000 in cash, you driving down the Dan Ryan, Chicago PD pulling you over, nigga, they about to, you about to drop that off. You about to drop that yeah, off. we just had that happen in Phoenix. Phoenix, Illinois. Two police officers got caught up and got prosecuted for shaking people down, taking their money and drugs. Oh, I mean, if it's legally your money, you just don't want to put money in the bank. You just don't want to put it in the bank. That's it. They grab you. That's, we're gonna we're gonna pat them pockets down. We're gonna. That's it. Oh, nigga, what? Oh, ten thousand. Well, we're gonna hold on to this till you can prove it's yours. I got a receipt right here. Well, we'll take a picture of that. Well, you, you gotta prove this your money. So we went along with that. Okay, but these dudes are sitting up out here employing illegals all over the place. You know that is a damn, that's damn illegal. Nobody's grabbing nothing. Whole farms, people. You're sitting up here killing niggas over street corners. These folks got whole farms. 40, 50 acres. Whole warehouses. I'm going to go ahead and say it. In Chinatown, in Chicago, half them bogey citizens. Come on now. Come on now. I know what the hell That's I was right. seeing. They and they got whole banks over there. So much for your American banking system. So much for that. They got whole banks in Chinatown there. Whole banks. Nobody's shutting them down. Nobody's grabbing the assets. Nobody's doing any of that. None of that. Now, if it was black folk, man, they'd be doing death row records over there. They'd be grabbing everybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. They be grabbing every damn well, All right, thanks, bro. Well, yeah. That's my call, man. Thank you very much for giving us a call here tonight. They be doing RICO charges and every damn thing. You're right, Julian. They be doing RICO charges and everything else. For these other folk right here, they've been there for decades, illegals in and out. That's it. Nobody's grabbing nothing. What the hell happened to the asset forfeiture laws? What the hell happened to the RICO laws? All these, you got rappers in Atlanta, young thug, looking at RICO laws. Looking at RICO statutes. Okay, let me get this straight. So R. Kelly can be accused of human trafficking, essentially. But grabbing these illegals and putting them to work, that's not human trafficking? Let me get this straight. R. Kelly going on a date with some chicks and they live in his house. You saying that them living in the house, but they 20 years old, living in his house, that's human trafficking. But these white men over here with these illegal aliens, that's not human trafficking. 
Man, if you don't understand, you live in a system of white supremacy. Call America 404. You're on live with Black Channel. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, what's up? This is like J-Rock from Alabama. All right, J-Rock, what's on your mind? I just wanted to, uh, you know, he was talking about, you know what I'm saying, Linux and all that. You could just expunge upon that. And like, you know what I'm saying, why you think you're landing the next black Wakanda? I'm going to land my plane right there. Uh, I don't think it's the next Wakanda. I mean, you know what I'm saying, as far as black businesses, you know what I'm saying? Um, no, what I was saying know. was that the plan in the 70s when all these black mayors started coming in, the plan in the 70s was to do the same thing they had done in all these other areas and gut the economy and leave black people with this rotted out city center and the white folk basically go off to the suburbs or whatever and start rebuilding out there and put up economic barriers against black people. To his credit, I'll give Mayor Young one thing. When they set up here and developed Hartsfield-Jackson, I will give him credit for that. When you got 285 going through, I will give him credit for that, was that they got with the investment banks and things and they had a plan and they made it work. Because remember, Atlanta is the state capital of Georgia. Um, Jackson is the state capital of Mississippi. Take a look at what they're doing in the state capital of Mississippi. Take a look at what they're doing there. So that shows you they will do that. In this, take a look at my home state of Louisiana, Baton Rouge. Take a look at what they'll do. If you think being the state capital will protect you, Take a look at what they'll do. Take a look at what they'll do. And what they gonna do now what they, they ain't doing that now though. Well you in Atlanta, in Atlanta they were they, they moved quickly enough. Nobody thought that Hartsfield Jackson was gonna be become the busiest airport on the planet. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody. So, and then in the 90s, black folks' ingenuity, a lot of the entertainers and stuff left New York and came to Atlanta because Atlanta started getting his name as the Black Mecca. So it was something that we all united around and we showed respect to it around it and, and they capitalized on it. Now, whether or not you can turn it into enterprise, that's a different matter. Whether or not you can turn it into enterprise, that's a different matter. Right now, we're trying to get to a phase where the economic foundation is in the control of black people. Now, that's where it really comes down, which is why all these mega corporations and things are well this real estate and, and building all these mega structures there and whatnot. So Hilton, you know, um, IHG and things in there and, and Weston is the reason why they're doing that. So the, the, the question is, okay, you stop them from being able to economically gut the place. You made it too valuable for them to get up and leave. But are you going to be able to wrest control of the economic levers of power from these people? Or are you going to have an apartheid state with white folk are the numerical minority, but the socioeconomic majority? That's the next question now. I don't know how that ends at this point. I don't know exactly how that ends. I know right now they're not going to leave without a fight. They're not going to give up easy. I do know that. And if black folk don't start getting some competent leadership, you can't have another Keisha Bottom B. We don't need another aspiring stripper as the mayor. 
You don't need one more Instagram, aspiring Instagram single mom booty model for mayor. You need to have somebody with some damn competence. Right now, Atlanta needs to learn to stop trying to be Magic City and stop sitting up here trying to showboat and troll people. Stop trying to troll the damn world. It's not about troll, it's about control. But you don't need another chick sitting up here setting up a Twitter account and Instagram and you go yes girling with no damn plan and worst of all, no competence. Keisha Bottoms needs to have a damn TikTok account snapping a thong. But she doesn't need to be leading a city that wants to go anywhere. And if Atlanta continues making moves like I will give them one credit. They didn't reelect Kasim Reed. So somebody's got half a brain cell somewhere. Either that or the Democratic Party did one. Somebody got half a brain cell. But what I'm saying is you can't afford to make dumb decisions. And you're putting people in there because they're popular or they look cute or they can do a dance. You need to have a hardcore ideological nerd who is like, okay, let me rejigger the way this thing works so I can go ahead and start empowering black folk. The white folk got theirs. They set up a system that deprives black folk. Let me undo and deconstruct that and make it work. Not another chick sitting up here like, ooh, let me see if I can get a job cleaning dishes at Joe Biden's house. Thank you very much for giving us a call here tonight. We're going to go ahead and wrap things up here tonight, folks. Like I say, it's, it's tragic. It's very, very unfortunate. I've warned you all about this for years. It's yet another reminder. We got to keep our heads on swivel, and you got to understand all of it. You got to understand all of it. Understand they've got folks out here to execute their will, and they're everywhere. These are just ones you're talking about now. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. But I'm going to go ahead and wrap things up for you here tonight. If you are new here to the Black Channel, welcome to the Haven of Intelligent Black Thought. We do this every weekend. Click that red subscribe button. Click that yellow notification bell. Join us each and every time we're here. If you haven't been to our website, blackchannelfilms.com, you want to go and check out our groundbreaking, best-selling documentary work, 7 a.m., Gentrified, Race War, all available on streaming and DVD. Go to blackchannelfilms.com. That is blackchannelfilms.com. I want to thank everyone who has contributed to support tonight's program on PayPal, Cash App, Super Chat. We are the black media, but you support the black media, and I, as always, appreciate that from you. And this concludes tonight's broadcast of the Black Channel. I am your host, your brother, your humble servant, the black authority. And until next time, my brothers and my sisters from around the world, remember, black is the future, and the future is uncompromising.